elevate your summer with Osea's best-selling body care set. It's everything you need for radiant summer skin on the go. Featuring travel sizes of Osea's clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral skincare, like their best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Right now, you can get the best-seller's body care set, a $78 value, 33% off. And use code SUMMER to save an additional 10%. That's an additional 10% off at OCEAMalibu.com, code SUMMER. Hey, everybody. Dan here. Uh, What you're about to hear is this month's monthly mailbag episode. Normally, it's an exclusive for Patreon subscribers, but uh, we had so much fun, and uh, we wanted to kind of stir everybody up uh, with the season around the corner that we thought it'd be kind of cool to put this out for everybody. If you enjoy it, please consider subscribing at patreon.com slash Islanders Anxiety. You can get mailbag episodes every month, other bonus episodes. You get written posts. You get early access to Islanders Award Winners Season 2, plus ad-free episodes of Islanders Anxiety and Weird Islanders, the podcast. So thanks for listening, and please sign up at patreon.com slash Islanders Anxiety. Thanks. Hello, it is the monthly mailbag exclusively for Country Club tier subscribers at the Islanders Anxiety Patreon page. Thank you so much for your support, for your hard-earned cash, and for your fantastic questions. My name is Dan, that is Mike, and uh, Mike, I was a little bit afraid when I put out the call for questions this month because I thought, you know, being September, people were just going to be like, dude, we don't care, just drop the puck already. But we got maybe the best selection of questions we have ever gotten for these special Patreon only episodes. Uh, We cover a lot here and I've been chomping at the bit for like three days to dive into (laughs) these questions. Uh, Are you ready to, to get really crazy and wild with uh, some questions from our listeners? Yeah, I, I I could sense the excitement when you sent me the list. And so I actually took a, you know, I I don't have any consistency on whether I look at the questions beforehand or not. I've tried both. And this time I looked at it and and there's a few uh, that are, just out of this world good yeah um, and, and i'll be sure to, to highlight one and, and i actually s- screenshotted one uh, and, I, and i'll <laughs> be sure to mention and i sent it to my friends because mm. uh it's it's a it's a heavy existential question yeah definitely uh and a couple of these could be podcasts of their own and depending on how long this goes uh they might end up being but uh, we're going to dive right in, and uh, we hope you guys enjoy. Okay, we're going to start out with an existential question from Matt S., who asks, he gets right to the point. He says, hi, guys. I guess my question is, how are we doing? Are you ready for this? Are you ready to do this shit again for the next six months plus? Uh, wasn't it nice not tossing and turning all night, anguishing over these guys? Here we go again. Why do we do this? Christ. That's literally his his actual question. So, uh, Matt, this is a fantastic question. You get right to the heart of us and and our our whole aesthetic here. So I'm just going to throw it right to you. Are you ready to do this shit again for the next six months? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um. And then yeah, it becomes the the kind of philosophical question of of why and and right. and beating yourself up over it. And and I guess maybe that's part of the the journey here for the whole season is is like you you're not just it's an internal thing as well as an external thing. Why? Why do you think that that an uh, October game against the Blue Jackets <laughs> is going to make or break your holiday season and stuff like that? So yeah, but maybe that's just what we like. So the answer is yes because uh, 
I I miss I miss it. Uh, I miss mm. that the tossing and turning and wondering uh, is is oh man that player left the the game early. Is he going to be okay mm. the next day? And all all the the terrible questions uh, and ways the Islanders make you feel. Um, I'm 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 ready for it. Yeah, um, I I'm not going to lie. It definitely was nice over the summer. Talk about a quiet summer. We've mentioned this a number of times on, on this and, and other podcasts we've done. It's been very quiet and it's been nice that it's been very quiet. Um, to answer Matt's question, I am ready for the Islanders again. I'm actually uh, very quite excited for this team. And I, I think they're going to be better than a lot of people are predicting them to be. We'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, I think they, you know, there's, it's fair to have some questions about some of the guys on the roster, but uh, I think some of them are going to be pretty good. And I think they know exactly where they faltered last year and and are gonna try and you know be better at those places and plus we got a lot of newer guys on the roster anybody that tells you that the islanders are just running it back clearly hasn't looked at the roster from last year's <laughs> season opening game yeah. uh because we're not running it back there's a lot of new new blood here um but that being said let me give you a list we're gonna start out starting out with a rant uh this time uh let me give you a not at all comprehensive list of the shit that i am definitely not ready for Okay, here's some of the stuff that I am not ready for this this season. I am not ready for the insiders. I am not ready for the bloggers, the podcasters, the the athletic, TSN, Sportsnet, ESPN, the the stats, uh, social media people, the the charts, the blobs, the graphs, the lines, the dunk retweets for <laughs> clout or whatever. I'm definitely not ready for the the prospect grifters and the 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 mock drafts and the redrafts and, and the, the big head cartoons. This is the new thing now. <laughs> what, what is with the, what are we doing here? What is with these big head cartoons? Now I'm supposed to like, like and share and follow somebody. Cause they post a, like an AI picture of Austin Matthews balding melon with some, some number. Like, I don't, this stuff I'm not, I'm done with. Like, I, I can't say I'm really done with it because as a fan, I'm stuck with this kind of stuff, but that is the shit that I am very much not into right now. And I don't will never be ever again. So that's the kind of stuff I don't want. The Islanders, I definitely do want. Uh, <laughs> and I just the thought of it, I was listening to a prominent hockey podcast the other day, and they had an interview with Pierre Engvall. And I thought, oh, wow, that's a surprising thing. That's pretty cool. And the first question, oh, I noticed you're growing a beard there. What are you going to do about that? Oh, God. And I immediately was like, Christ, why do we do this? <laughs> Basically, exactly what Matt is asking here. So uh that stuff i'm not ready for but uh, i am excited about the islanders and why because i think they're gonna be pretty good but i you know things can go sideways as we know but uh so far i'm, I'm actually thinking that they're gonna be okay uh matt had a follow-up question he said if you had to identify three things that have you excited for this season that the team could actually get done this year what would it be uh he says that the uh series with carolina was closer than it seemed combined with the full season of bo horvat that's about it. He couldn't even come up with a third one for this question. Do you have three things that three specific things that you're excited about or that you think that the Islanders can actually accomplish this year? I had a trouble coming up with three myself, but uh, do you have three maybe off the top of your head? Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, I had a little bit of technical difficulty <laughs> hearing that. Uh, maybe it was the gods, but yeah, was ceding the floor to you <laughs> down. That was the, the, the rant that you were built for. Um, <laughs> I, I, it's, it, it is, though, that stuff does give me a little bit of agita before the season, knowing that, uh, it tapers away in the off season. But mm. the, the people who are just committed to the bit, posting yeah, the, the, the blobs and charts on mm. July 28th, well, 
<laughs> you just were, you know, go to the cottage, buddy. Like, right. come on. We don't, we don't need to know that Philip Zadina's XGAR is, uh, you know, what, what it was like on and off the first line for the Red Wings and how we think that'll impact the San Jose Sharks this season <laughs> right this second. We'll all right. find out together right? Uh, this coming October when they it, play the real, it, the real game. Did it have a big um, cartoon head on it, though? That's yeah. the big question. <laughs> uh, but I, I, like you, I, I am actually uh, optimistic mm. compared to the market. Compared to the pundits, compared to the the chart mongers out there uh, about the Islanders, I think, uh, as you pointed out, this is not the same team from last year. In fact, the Islanders, uh, Dan, I will mm. let you know, they traded for a, a player of top 10 draft pick from his draft year, uh, signed him to an eight-year extension. Uh, then he was Islander-fied, mm. uh, and by that I mean he was sued by the the village that he moved to uh and, and, and throughout all that he he scored what, close to 40 goals uh, yeah. across his two teams um and everybody keeps asking when are the islanders gonna score when are they gonna get a score and then i remember oh eight months ago they they traded for one right. everybody talked about it but of course you know since bowie horvat didn't get traded to the pittsburgh penguins or Dallas Stars or somewhere else, he he's just a third line grinder mm. that uh, you know, will top out at 18 goals and 13 mm. assists. He's uh, you know, he's he's Jamie Langenbrunner basically. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> yeah, like so, I'm excited for the fact that this team is much better than it was going uh into camp last year when uh they. Their biggest acquisition in the offseason was was Nikita Sashnikov. Uh so I'm 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 pretty excited that this time around we've we've got a you know a what I hate to, to borrow a cliche, their biggest signing is just gonna be Matt Barzell being healthy and yeah. playing with Bo Horvat together for the first time. Uh knock on wood that everyone kind of makes it through camp. But uh yeah, this team I think has a lot fewer questions to answer than a lot of the teams in the division uh like the island we know what the islanders questions are uh like can their power play improve will they score more with barzell and horvat healthy and playing together can can this defense continue you know just to be steady enough in front of sorokin and of course the goalies like those are questions that like very reasonably can be answered yes where it's not like for for the Penguins, for example, Sidney Crosby and Vigeny Malkin played 82 games last season. Can that happen again? Like, there's they don't control that destiny, really, right? Like, those those kind of questions are the ones that scare me before a season. Uh, the Islanders' questions are very much tangible and X's and O related. It's very easy to see the areas they needed to improve. Whereas like these other questions in, in with the teams around them, oh, are the Sabres ready to take a leap? Like this is a young team. Mm. They they couldn't score. They couldn't stop anybody from scoring last year. <laughs> they were able to score, but they couldn't stop anyone from scoring. Like that's a, a lot of that's a much heavier question than can we get this power play from thirty first to twenty third? Yeah, right. Like th- I don't think that people people are very doomsday about the Islanders. Always we know that, but that the questions here are not like that we need to answer not doomsday if we took the islanders kind of off-season outlook and just slapped an avalanche logo on it people like, oh man this team this team 
can be pretty scary if they get in. I, I agree with all that. Um, is there, uh, so uh, do you have three things though, that you are excited <laughs> specifically for? Uh, yeah. I guess I took that question on the own, yeah. on my own. Uh, yeah. I'm very right. excited. I'm very excited to see that second line play together. Yeah. Uh, I think um, the, the way that those three guys played in, in the playoffs, I'm really, I'm really starting to get excited about Ryan Pollock. Mm. I just feel like he's, he's talking about Islander being Islander, Islanderified. Yeah. I feel like Pollock is, uh, he's he like did it this summer like he he i think he got engaged and like bought a big house on the island and has been out golfing out east the whole time <laughs> like he's he seems to be transitioning into his pre pre-uncle phase <laughs> which i like seeing so i'm I'm very excited to see Pollock. i think he showed something as well mm-hmm. in, in that a really high ceiling in uh in the playoffs and then of course i'm very excited to see uh, sorokin uh, and, and varlamov back in, in goal and people just fawn over the guy yeah, uh, I was going to say, um, in terms of what they can accomplish, uh, I feel like, uh, I think Sorokin has a shot at the Vezina Trophy. I think that'd be pretty damn cool <laughs> to uh, to see an Islander, you know, that's not named Billy Smith win the Vezina Trophy. Like, I think that'd be neat. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I'm looking forward to, yeah, Pelik and Pulik kind of regaining form, hopefully as a team again, because they, they have been split up for a while there. And uh, yeah, Barzell really Barzell just in general. Yeah. Barzell with Horvat, but like, uh, I just, I I feel like a broken record, but I really want to see this guy take the, take the lead. I want to see the 80 point Barzell who is now, you know, also good defensively because of his years under Barry Trotz actually shoots the puck, you know, scores goals and, you know, not to, you know, this is probably a little bit too crazy, but like Patrice Bergeron has retired. Right. So like there's a spot now for a center in the Eastern conference that is like, whoa, that guy's really damn good on both ends of the ice. Maybe Bat Barcel can be that guy because Sidney Crosby is forty-five years old. So you know, maybe now is <laughs> chance. So and look at look at the guy. I mean, we're yeah. talking about uh, someone you know Pollock taking kind of a, a step, a Long Island step forward. Horvat taking a Long Island step forward mm. by getting sued, um, <laughs> and and now we get Barzell taking his right. step forward by playing uh, and what looked like a you know a nice Saturday night crowd. Yeah rhythm guitar for a for a bar band bar band barzell say. is i mean i don't i wouldn't care if like if 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 he needs a couple games off he's like yeah we got a gig we got a gig tonight <laughs> like got a gig at Mulcahy. he's like i, I need a game say, off yeah. it's fine right totally fine one he's, or two he's Go sitting in with uh the hold steady at yeah. rj daniels <laughs> so he's got to take there all right you got it man no problem but uh matt those are great questions thank you so much and uh yeah we did have a bit of a technical snafu so uh mike just wanted to follow up my rant with a rant of his own so there you go that's why it took us a while to get to that second part but i'm glad we did because yeah there's a lot to be excited about i think uh okay super jazz asks a question about those prognostications that are so down on the islanders how much better are you feeling given that most folks are saying the islanders won't make the playoffs uh this is a question that knows us very well um their uh the athletic put out their i guess um fan um what's the word confidence rankings the other day and the islanders were dead last and the guy who has been covering them for a year and a half was like shocked by this how could people be so down in the islanders dude have you seen the team that you cover and the, the people the way people react to them that's why uh and it's that kind of stuff that that's gotten back to us and you know, makes it seem like people have kind of already checked out on them. But I mean, how how does that stuff affect you when it comes to your excitement level for the team? Uh, is it a lot or, or a little? Or would you be excited whether the pe- people were picking them to win the cup or miss the playoffs? Uh, no, I'm I'm much more comfortable in this 
universe. Uh, yeah. I think because last year, the the questions like I, I was alluding to before uh, in, in my little rant was uh, they were a lot more profound than these ones that we need to answer. Yeah. So I feel like people just are, and, and I actually remember my buddy Boomer Gordon saying this on their Sirius XM team preview that they did on the Islanders. He's like, I, I can just take the preview from last season and just replay it because I think it's the same exact thing over again. And he's not the only one who's who's doing that. Like it's mm-hmm. it's the same. Even even the betting odds. The mm-hmm. Islanders were fifty to one to win the Stanley Cup before last season. Mm-hmm. They were a slight, slight underdog to make the playoffs and their over under was between like ninety two and a half, ninety three and a half that range. It's the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. People are just like this is who the Islanders are. They're they're a coin flip playoff team. Uh, we, we do we need to really like get more into it? I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to actually have to do the work to to see to see right. what that they went like. They played at like a hundred and three point pace with Bo mm-hmm. Horvat, despite Matt Barzell and JG Pajot being hurt during that stretch and playing a pretty tough schedule. Uh, we, we won't we won't get into that. We'll just no nobody cares enough and yeah. to call us out on the fact that. We're just going to completely copy and paste from from last year when it's a very different kind of equation. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think the division is softer. Like the Capitals were expected to be better last year, and the Penguins were. Um, and I don't know what he expected the Devils, but nonetheless, like this is a this is a much different, more uh, softer, more welcoming environment for the Islanders, and people are treating it like it's the same exact thing and. I don't know. I like that because it, they have these people have a pretty good chance to be wrong. And what's better than that? Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely think it's more comfortable for the team. I definitely think the players feel it's more comfortable. You know, the 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 season in which they went in as a, a sort of a trendy pick to win the cup and things did not go their way. A lot of it was out of their control. We've talked about this: the COVID breaks, the the arena, all that kind of stuff can, contributed to them falling apart. So, you know, while that is fresh in the mind, it was kind of a one time thing. Uh, I feel like you know they are better than people are saying they're going to be. I definitely think there's a lot of there are teams in this division that uh, could easily miss the playoffs. Uh, I don't think people are talking enough about the Rangers and how they got older. And, uh, you know, their number one and number two pick from a couple of years ago have not materialized in the way that people have expected, despite the NHL Twitter account constantly asking, how many goals do you think they're going to score this year? Zero. Zero. Because <laughs> that's about all they do. Uh, so I, I, I think that they're better than people are saying. And I think that's probably exactly where this team likes to be. And uh, the worst part about it is that if those people are wrong, they, uh, they'll, they'll never cop to it. They'll be like, hey, you know, I always, I always knew these guys were going to be pretty. All it took was, you know, somebody to turn it on and they'd be okay. Yeah. Okay. Pal. Even though you were spending your summer telling us how awful they were. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, super jazz. Trust me. This is, this is our much more preferred position. So thanks for that question. Uh, Mike T asks, is this the Islanders roster to start the season or will we see someone else brought in? Uh, what do you think the Islanders will do to become cap compliant? Finally, if Josh Bailey does not get a PTO somewhere else, could there be a reunion? Um, him signing in Bridgeport as a depth piece, leading to a Twitter meltdown among certain segment of the fan base. Uh, that's a that's a lot for one question, but let's take part three first, and I'll throw it right to you. Do you see a reunion with Josh Bailey as a Bridgeport Islander, were he not to get a uh, professional tryout with some other team? Uh, no, I don't. Unfortunately, <laughs> I agree. Uh, 
I it, most people today was the first NFL Sunday of the year, uh, and most people I guess were doing that. And I spent some considerable time on Cap Friendly going through the teams that had announced PTOs, <laughs> uh, and saw there was like fifteen. And then if you mm. include the Islanders and Chicago Blackhawks, who had Bailey and bought him out, uh, that's seventeen. And then I kind of like went through the list of teams that were. Uh, not announced yet and said like oh well he wouldn't go to vancouver you know he's not going to travel that far mm-hmm. and i kind of whittled it down to like three very remotely possible scenarios for bailey to sign a pto um <laughs> and make the team so I, I i'm starting to think that this is it and mm-hmm. josh is going to fulfill his destiny as this one jersey islander and mm-hmm. a reunion may come in the form of how john you know the johnny boychuk matt karkner eric cairns kind of stuff yeah yeah i can't see him playing and and you know what honestly and and i don't think mike means it this way but i that would be a little bit insulting i think for bailey to to do that i wouldn't want to see that i mean i know we wanted him off the roster we talked all year about trading him and 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 everything but i i wouldn't want him to do that uh you know i could see him maybe moving over there and like like you said working with them being a coach but I feel like he would prefer to find a home in the NHL. And if he doesn't, I think he'd probably just retire. I don't know. Guy's got three kids <laughs> in a nice home. And I'm sure he'd rather just do that, uh, as disappointing as that may be. Uh, as far as becoming cap compliant, uh, they are over by $486,000, uh, according to Cap Friendly right now. Uh, it's it's pretty simple. Either Gautier, uh, Julian Gautier, Carson Kuhlman, uh, or probably Sam Bolduke are going to get you know, sent down early in this in camp and that'll make them compliant. Um, you know, I don't think there's going to be a trade or anything like that in order to become cap compliant. Uh, they won't have a ton of room, but they never do. So I think that they're pretty good that way. Wallstrom uh, will have to come off injured reserve. And so they're going to have to make room for him too, but uh, I think they'll be okay. Uh, they're, they're probably just going to send somebody down. I know that the mystical, well, they could just send Ross Johnson down to, you know, Bridgeport. I mean, they could wave him, Nobody's going to pick him up, but he ain't going to Bridgeport. He's going to sit in the in the press box and and be uh, the cheerleader <laughs> that he is uh, if they if it gets to that. But I wouldn't worry too much about that. And um, yeah, I think this is pretty much it. I'm with Mike. I, I feel like this is pretty much it for the roster. I don't see anything happening. Of course, it is Lou Lamorello. You never know. But you know, even last year, like we looked at this roster and we're like, I don't know who you could possibly move. You know, Pajot is the easiest guy to see move. But then you know, who do you replace him with? The only thing I can see is maybe something happening with Clutterbuck and Martin. They each have one year left. Clutterbuck at 1.75, Martin at 1.5. I think this is going to be the last rodeo for both of these guys. Uh, you know, in the unlikely event that they have a bad camp or maybe not feel too well, you know, I could see maybe something happening with those guys. But other than that, I think uh, I think this is the team. So get used to it because <laughs> it's going to be you're going to be seeing a lot of these guys. But Mike, that's a great question. Thanks. Uh, our buddy Nick Gillia asks, how worried should we be about the 20 goals Parisi likely leaving takes out of the lineup? Do you think Wallstrom, Holmstrom, or full years of Horvat and Engvall can compensate? Um, yeah, so just real quick with Zach Parisi, uh, we haven't heard nothing from either Parisi or Lou Lamorello, so nobody knows what the hell Zach is thinking. It is currently September 10th. Camp starts, I guess, in, in about a month or so, or no, I guess less than a month, a couple weeks, and uh, yeah, I don't know. It's not looking good for, for Zach. And again, I can't blame him. His family lives in Minnesota. He's, his team is on Long Island. 
He said it was the Islanders or nothing. And I, if I was, if it seems as if he's leaning towards retirement, but uh, if that is the case, how worried are you about that 20 goals that he scored as a 38 year old last year, suddenly leaving the lineup? And do you see it being replicated by um, some combination of guys who are on that roster that we just talked about? Yeah, it's, I'm not too worried about the goals as much as I'm, cause I do think like, you know, Wallstrom being healthy, Barzell playing with yeah. Horvat, the addition of Engvall, um, even Kyle Palmieri just having a healthier season. Yeah. Uh, as well. Like he, he, he was really, really good for this team when he, when he got back into the lineup uh, and and him and Nelson just worked really well together. Um, so I'm not too worried about the goals. Yeah. One thing that the, the goals are there. Just yeah. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think so. so. I'm not too, but the one thing that does kind of concern me a little bit here is with him would be the penalty killing. Um, yeah. Because he, the, the penalty kill was really good last year mm-hmm. and Parisi, Sezikis, Pajot, um, mm-hmm clutterbuck like that kind of foursome were very just like a very dependable group like and and zach was obviously tireless and i know hangval can can kill penalties now too and uh but the the amount of penalty killers on this roster like that that i would say like you look at you're like you know john jg Pajot is a penalty killer you know casey sezikis is a penalty killer and will be there uh, and and you know Angval as well, but then after that, like it's a little dicey because Clutterbuck, sure, but will he be healthy? You know, he's Nelson has has done a little bit of it, Palmieri's done a little bit of it, mm. Horvat's done a little bit of it, but do you have that kind of dependable fourth wheel yeah. um, that you can rely on to to kill a chunk? So yeah. that that's the one thing I am a little little worried about. Um, because it, I, I know Lamarillo's talking to the media on Monday. All um, right, yeah. So I'm, I'm guessing we'll hear. You, I like mm. that that he said where that the the preseason situation was going to be resolved soon uh, mm. when they met when he met with the media on July first. Like we'll know <laughs> one way or the other soon. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess relative in in terms of the entire mm. span of the history of Earth, uh, <laughs> July first, two thousand twenty three to. Right. September uh, 11, 2023 is mm. a speck of dust. So maybe sure. that's how Lou is looking at it. When you're Lou Lamorello and you're 82 or whatever years old, yeah. that is that is a very short amount of time. Yeah. But it's like the old Stephen Wright line. You know, any, if you have the time, anywhere is within walking distance. So you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, uh, Bailey, too, by the way, also uh, a lot of penalty killing time last year. So who was also not going to be in the lineup. So, yeah, uh, that's a good question. You know, I hadn't really thought about about it that way. People are focusing on the the points for and the goals for good reason but uh yeah I, you know horvat kills penalties too and maybe finally finally we can get to the stage i've been hoping for all this time matt barzell penalty killer <laughs> uh you know i think that would be cool to see but uh you know again these guys know what's going on you know carson coolman i'm pretty sure has killed penalties too so maybe he gets a shot fashing maybe and if he's going to play on the fourth line could get a shot there so but you're right it was a strength of theirs so uh hopefully it can be again but yeah uh but yeah mike that's a lot to chew on uh, sorry nick that, nick that's a lot to chew on uh for one guy to leave the lineup and uh you know it it's it's one of the reasons why we're we would be very sad if zach left and and i'm getting uh, a little sad thinking about you know him retiring and coming back to ubs arena next year and getting a big round of applause and I'll, I'll be uh, a little bit misty, uh, I think, when that happens, because uh, uh, I've enjoyed the two years of the Zach Parisi Islanders experience, and uh, 
it's gonna be sad to see him go, but they will they will have to replace him somehow, which is kind of a crazy thought. But there you yeah. go. Uh, okay, uh, Ethi asks, uh, and we actually we have two here about the similar uh, topic. Uh, Ethi asks, Stefan Rosner wrote about Thomas Tatar possibly heading to the island. Uh, any ideas? Uh, another Slovak, uh, which is always cool. And then JD also asks about um, which unsigned devil joins the Islanders when the cone of silence is lifted. My money is on Tatar. Uh, the funny thing, uh, yeah, I read Stefan's Tatar article, uh, you know, I, it was fine. Uh, and I love how he and I came to the same conclusion, which is like, Hmm, Thomas Tatar hasn't signed yet. And it's September smells like Islanders here. Uh, and that's about all we have to go on. Uh, you know, if that's, I, to me personally, uh, I don't, I, I don't know if, I don't, yeah, I don't know if he's going to sign if, it, if this is the eventual destination, but I don't know if he's really a fit. He's too inconsistent. I just don't know if he's going to, you know, work out here. They already had, an, you know, we, we, they traded Anthony Beauvillier, a guy who was lovable and had a lot of big moments, but, you know, would go 25 games kind of missing in action every season. I feel like Tatar is kind of cut from the same cloth. Uh, where are you on the Thomas Tatar question? And uh, do you have anything other than like, well, this guy hasn't signed yet, so he must be an Islander, <laughs> which is about all anybody's going with at this point. It's going to go one of two ways. It seems like there was a lot of um, grumblings or what does Pierre LeBron say? Rumblings. Rumblings. <laughs> he, he eats, uh, he eats spicy Mexican food and he gets rumblings. Yeah. The rumblings uh, had him going to uh, Pittsburgh, I guess yes. uh, for a while. Like that, that's where the connection's been. And apparently the penguins are trying to like figure out how to make it work. So mm. I, I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, I think that the un that the, there is no unsigned devil right now, but we can all just pencil in Adam Henrique, uh, <laughs> you know, for 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 mid February, and maybe he'll take number eleven oh uh, as well to just kind of right. take the torch mm. from that beloved 2012 New York Islander Devil team. Mm. Um, but I don't, so I don't think Tatar's coming. But I will say this: so in, in if there's going to be, you know, let's say it's Islanders or Penguins. Does he, if he signs with the Penguins, you will hear that it's a tidy piece of business and a shrewd move <laughs> and another, and another master stroke from Kyle Dubas. And yeah. if he signs with the Islanders, it is mm. a, another old washed up player going right. to the Island. Uh, what is Lamarillo thinking? And a lot of jokes about mm. how he's going to sign like a, a seven year extension in right. like a couple months. Um, what, so. and having and him having to like shave his beard or cut his yeah. hair or whatever yeah so yeah no that's 100 percent correct uh yeah it's either a tidy piece of business or a fireable offense there's no <laughs> there's no in between that's it it's one or the other uh it's particularly for uh for old kyle dubas who we'll talk about again in a little bit but uh Ethi and jd thank you very much uh for your uh questions because uh yeah no he, he was going to come up eventually and uh you know it, it is weird you know regardless of whether or not he signs with the islanders it is a little weird that this guy who also scored like yeah, like twenty goals last year. Like, yeah, it's kind of weird useful, that he hasn't signed. He's, yet. he's a very useful, like, <laughs> sure, play, player. I think your Bovillia comparison is pretty good. And uh, the, anytime I think of Tomas Tatar, I think of uh, a Jeff Marrickism, where he talks about uh, there are guys who get you there and guys who get you through. Mm. Uh, and and Tatar is a regular season kind of player to me. Like yes. he's a guy, and and yeah, the Islanders kind of need someone like that. Uh, mm. But I just think he, they just won't have the space. For him. Yeah, uh, I'd oh. rather I'd rather them just ha roll with Wallstrom and see what they got there than than bring yeah. in Tatar. Definitely, yeah, that's that's my other thing too. Is like I, I don't know they're not in a position to bring in anybody. They don't have a ton of cap space, obviously, and 
Why would you bring in a guy who you know? Yeah, is yeah. If you're if you're gonna <laughs> if you're gonna like do some surgery to the roster and and ex- yeah. expend that cap space, like do do something big with it. Sure. Yeah. Rather than Tomas Tatar. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. But that that's a good question because yeah, it is weird that he's out there. Uh, Max Million has two questions. One: Are you ready for the Islanders to not sign Tatar so you can check him off as a uh, not believing in Tatar coming here? So that's that's good to know. Uh, but also he asks. Which Islanders players are you looking forward to watching the most of the season in terms of their development and hopeful improvement this season? Um, it's funny because when you think of development, you think of like young players. And the Islanders are obviously not a team that is kind of packed to the gills with young guys. In fact, I looked up Fashing's age and, and Engvall's ages before we start talking. And Fashing is 28 and Engvall is 27. So I don't know how much development uh, they're going to get. Uh, but to me, um, there's two guys on the list and, uh, that have been tied ever since their draft and it's Dobson and it's Wallstrom, uh, Dobson, I'm hoping bounces back from, from what was kind of, it's obviously not a sophomore season, but kind of a subpar season last year. And then Wallstrom, man, dude's got to show up. Like I just, you know, I hate to put it, be that blunt. He's coming off of terrible injury. He missed half the season. I understand that, but it's time for this dude to show up and start scoring goals and develop into what the Islanders have expected him to be as a kind of consistent goal scorer, not a Thomas Tatar type, like as somebody who can score goals. Uh, is there somebody else you're looking at, or would those two guys kind of be in that sort of development and, and improvement uh, bucket this season for you? Yeah, and I think that the other one in there is uh, our 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 good our good buddy Alex Romanov. Oh yeah, um, yeah. who's who's that same that same mm-hmm. age bracket actually? So. Uh, it, to me, he's the one that excites me the most, just because I thought he took the biggest, like yeah, between him and Aho, I guess you can mm. say. Although Aho's was more like the entire season was pretty good, and mm. like a steady incline. Whereas Romanov, like just like out of nowhere, went from being <laughs> kind of all over there, a little all over the place, a little messy but fun, just a, a almost like a a bus without any brakes on it, <laughs> uh, to to being. Uh, like this composed Nicholas Cronwall type defenseman, like, mm. like that, like it just kind of happened yeah. uh, and it continued. Um, so, and I remember Habs fans, you know, at this point last season, we, we had talked about how Canadians fans had reached out to us and saying like, you're going to love this guy. Mm. He really, he really improved uh, after Dominique Ducharme was fired and St. Louis took over. So maybe he's just like a slow starter to a season, but um, he's so, still so young. He's, he's the same age as Dobson. Right. and and Wallstrom. So if he if Romanov is plays closer to the player that we saw in that second half, which I think is pretty likely cuz you know he he joined a new team, uh moved to a new area, completely new thing. So you can you can excuse the guy for a slow start. Um so if if he if he does take that step uh and and play play like that player, all of a sudden like the Islanders blue line looks really 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 good Damn. really good and really hard to play against like mm. you're gonna go against Pollock and Pellick and then Romanov and then Scott Mayfield like you you don't <laughs> just don't get a break yeah it's it's sure. really you know there's, there's all this talk about uh these mean blue lines because of the way that the the Golden Knights played uh and and won the Stanley Cup and the Islanders have I, I mean one of like I would not there's no shift there's no easy, there's no Timothy Lilligren out there, right? Like, right. Yeah. like there's no, there's no Lilligren, uh, Rasmus Sandin kind yeah. of pairing. You just don't get a break from 
the physicality. So yeah. uh, I'm pretty excited for for Romanov, yeah. and I think he's he's like really high up there. I think on a lot of people's. It, if I'm gonna buy a jersey, like the next guy I want on the back is yeah. Romanov. If it's you know if it's not gonna be one of the obvious like Sorokin or Barzell. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, Romanov in, in a lot of ways is kind of a linchpin player and if he takes a big step that'll be something uh i'm just now thinking of you bring up a good point like i'm just i'm just now thinking of the first time that like eric carlson comes down with the penguins and gets like posterized or plastered into the glass by scott mayfield he's gonna be like oh man this is this is not gonna be fun <laughs> playing these guys three or four times a year. yeah exactly but, uh, yeah, like yeah right this team is it's a it's a nasty team it's, it can be absolutely it, yeah. yeah like you, 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 yeah. even the forwards yeah uh, the, we know about the fourth line Right, uh, but then you think about guy like guys like Lee. Who's, Paul mm-hmm. Mary is really tough and physical and hard to knock off the puck. It's uh, yeah, the Islanders could could be pretty nasty. Yeah, and and like not like oh man, you're nasty at this game, bro. Like no, like na- like nasty, toothless yeah. and ugly and playing <laughs> rugby. It's gonna be fun. Big Ten uh, football. Engval <laughs> uh, uh, was saying that uh, Palmieri is a master in the in the corners, so uh, he, he should know he's he's playing online with him. So yeah, but uh, yeah, th- there you go, Maximilian. Uh, you know, there's a couple of guys here again. Development and, and hopeful improvement is is uh, something that you know I hope that these guys take. But some of them are, are so old, you kind of figure that they're there. But I mean, hey, if Brock Nelson wants to improve from you know 38 goals to 50 goals, hey, I'll take you know. Uh, and as far as the AHL guys go, I have no idea. You know, Holmstrom I thought of was a guy, but you know, honestly, I, I kind of almost rather see him go to Bridgeport and spend a year there and be kind of like their top center. But that's just me. But it's a great question. Thanks. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm yeah. with you. I think I think that's probably the likely thing that happens here, too. Yeah, uh, that'd be kind of cool. Uh, OK, uh, so David asks, uh, we can all agree that the only thing keeping us from the cup is an NHL caliber power play. My gut has Ajo shoot passing for deflections uh, like in last year's playoffs. Uh, who is this year's power play coach and how good do we feel about his plan? Uh, honestly, we have no idea who the power play coach is this year. I wish I knew. Uh, and as far as the plan goes, I don't know. But these guys aren't dumb, right? Like, they know their power play sucked last year. Like, I know we're, we can kind of talk about, oh, they didn't do anything. They didn't move anybody around. They know it didn't work. So my guess is that in their exit meetings with Lou, they were he was like, you got to get the thing to work, right? So they know uh, whoever that power play coach is. Uh, maybe we find out tomorrow. You know, I completely forgot that Lou is doing a, a talk. So uh, if the, he does, a, in fact, announce a hiring of a power play coach or an assistant coach on Monday, you can just ignore this entire answer. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to see. But these guys know. They know it's done. And they didn't like it. So I'm looking forward to that improvement. But uh, what do you think? Like, what, what do you see? You know, is there a tangible uh kind of change that they could make in your eyes to the power play to to maybe make it work better or is it just a matter of kind of executing under a new coach no this this question is kind of um feels like i'm being ad targeted a little bit uh (laughs) because i spent i I watched uh the islanders canadians like highlights from that game where they clinched the playoffs uh, a couple days Mm. ago and i noticed uh, i completely forgot that in that game they scored a power play goal. Um, <laughs> oh right, yeah, it was Aho, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was Aho yes. f- just just flipping the puck to the front of the net, Anders right. Lee tipping it. And if you recall, the Islanders scored a power play goal, one a one hole power play goal in that series against the Hurricanes. It was a massive goal. Yes. Game three gave them the lead, two one late in the game, and it was Aho mm. flipping the puck to the front of the net, just good solid wrist shot, and Kyle Palmieri tipping it and. Mm. 
that's the frust- that was the frustrating thing was the yeah. the proof was already in the pudding it was right there we the the, the team had went two for 60 basically yeah. down the stretch in the power play and their only two goals were very simple sebastian aho hmm. shots like we didn't need to see sam bolduc run a power play and have and and the only reason that that aho yeah. by the way was on the ice for that power play was it came right after nick suzuki hmm. scored a shorthanded goal because <laughs> sam bolduc did it back check him for some reason <laughs> Um, yeah. And then the only reason he ran the power play in the playoffs was because Dobson kept playing for the wrong team. Yeah, and was playing like he had a you know a cell phone in his pocket, it was like <laughs> scrolling Instagram and stuff, just very distracted. As long as Noah keeps the, the cell phone in his locker this year, I think he'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> and, and so that's the frustrating thing. Like it was, we they showed you how to how this power play can work. Like the yeah. the players are already good enough that if we just let let a cool head run it run the show for now, it doesn't mean that Noah Dobson's never going to run the power play again if he he's not running it here. So, um, yeah, I think I honestly am kind of rooting for Aho to be the at least the second in command, um, yeah. and and push maybe push Dobson like for a little bit because, uh, he he was pretty good at. I mean, there are two power play units for a reason. So put Dobson on the second one and put Aho on the first one. Like, it's really not that difficult. Uh, but yeah, Aho seems to be the only guy who is out there trying to score goals, at least on the power play, the way a power play goal should be scored. Uh, I guess he has a lot of practice from Bridgeport. But uh, yeah, no, that, that would be another example of uh, yeah, a change that we'd kind of like to see. But, you know, I just keep getting back to it. Like, they, they know. They're not dumb. Like, they could look at the standings and be like, wow, we were 32nd in the league on the power play or 31st in the league. Like, that's got to change. And especially with a team like this where – you know, they're, they're, we think they're better than expected, but they're not, you know, like an all-star team too. That power play could make a big difference. And again, as you saw in the playoffs, you know, they score a couple of power play goals in that series. Uh, things might be a lot different now. So um, yeah, it's a good question. And uh, maybe we'll find out soon. I don't know. But as far as we know, it's still John McClain, who was a great player and uh, maybe not so great as a coach, but we'll have to wait and see. But, uh, but David, thank you very much for the question. Uh, Mike Napoli asks, this is another great, Islanders anxiety style question. Do you think all hockey fans are like this or, or there is something specific to Islanders fandom that makes us fond of misfits, washed up guys and late bloomers. Uh, anyway, I guess this is my way of saying I'm weirdly happy that Tanner Fritz got signed by Bridgeport. Yes. First <laughs> let's congratulate Tanner Fritz coming back to Bridgeport where he belongs after a sojourn in Hartford. Let's, let's never speak of that again. Uh, but Tanner Fritz is back. Uh, playing for the Bridgeport Islanders after many years as a sound tiger. Uh, but now to the main part of the question, this is so great. Cause this is, I mean, this is definitely for us. Like we are like this, the, the lit misfits, the late bloomers, the washup guys. We, I mean, we just spent five minutes talking about Sebastian Ajo, who was basically left for dead for a couple of seasons after, you know, appearing and then disappearing for a long time and Hudson fashing and Engvall and all these guys, you know, popping up. Uh, do you think that all hockey fans are like, you talk to a lot of hockey fans and you know, a bunch from uh, action network. Do you, are they all like this, or is this an Islander specific thing? I have a theory, but I want to hear yours first. Uh, there's shreds of it mm. in everyone, I think, because uh, nostalgia and the 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 sport just wasn't covered much. Yeah, for like it, it wasn't covered much for everybody in this country for for quite a good chunk of mm. my life, and um, so people needed to kind of. It almost felt not real, like you're watching like <laughs> dinosaurs when mm. when you sit, when you see a, a player like Justin Papineau. You're like, did he really exist, or yeah. <laughs> is that a figment of my imagination? I, I like so one of my friends at work is a big Ranger fan, mm. and he he has a Dan Blackburn jersey. Like Dan Blackburn is 
wow. is his his guy and um but like out he's 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 the outlier so there's mm-hmm. like so there's a shred there's like a portion of every fan base i think that's like that but islander fans to me are um overwhelmingly like this and, and and much more so than than other teams i think maybe you can run into it with with some other small market mm-hmm. uh s- small market teams but it's and i think i'm I'm interested to hear your theory because i think mm-hmm. that the the reason that the islander fans are are like this is because when i mean they were really really bad for for yeah. so long that like when a player would come that had like some sort of like oh man i remember that guy from nhl 98 yeah that's a big that was a big deal like yeah. that that Wendell Clark or mm. Felix Hot fan came to the Islanders because it proved like oh the Islanders are actually a real thing like they actually exist <laughs> um and mm. that was there were not much there was not much more to cling to right you weren't yeah. clinging to a the happy warm memories of a 22 win season in 1999 <laughs> but you were thinking about oh remember that one time right. that Zidane Chara played like that was yeah. sick well, right? that's like the uh, the Mario Strakowski paradigm. Like this guy right. showed up and he had two twenty five goal seasons, and he was he was like a god to us. Like he was just the best you know we had ever seen. Because oh my god, this guy's pretty good. And where did we find him? Um, my theory is definitely has something to do with that. Having a lot of bad seasons kind of gives guys opportunities to come up and do stuff with it. But my my real thing is that I think what Islanders fans do more than other fan bases is we elevate those guys to sort of legendary status. And like, if you look at the two teams that went to the semifinals both years, we could sit here and talk for hours about Andy Green, Travis Zajac, Derek Brassard, uh, Valtteri, or, I mean, Phil, Phil Pillow was before that, but like those, those types of guys, right? Like they came, they weren't here long, they're misfits, they're castoffs, whatever. And we, you know, they became huge players in Islanders eyes, uh, you know, for just a short period of time. If you look at the lightning teams, if you talk to a lightning fan who, you know, the team that beat the Islanders in both of those cases, they're probably not going to talk about their sort of short time players. They're going to talk. I mean, because why would they, they got Stamkos, they got Kucherov, they got Vasilevsky, they got heaven. They got all these great guys who are like hall of famers. That's the guys they're going to remember. Cause those are the guys that like drove that team to the Stanley cup for us. We were so excited to be there just to have that opportunity to be in the final four that we are going to gravitate and our team was built differently than theirs. We're going to gravitate towards those misfit guys. And I mean, you know, if I ran into Travis Ajak, I'd be like, dude, you have no idea what, what you mean. That goal you scored against the Bruins. I'm never going to forget, <laughs> you know, yeah. that, that one, because it's such a weird thing that, you know, yeah, this guy cops while you're weeping in his arms. Right. That's okay. It's, it's like when, when a, when a fan runs on the field to like hug Ronaldo or yeah. Messi. It's, <laughs> it's like that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But it's so weird that this guy scored this huge goal, you know, that helped the Islanders get to the, the semifinals that one year. So I, you know, I, I think other teams have that, but you know, when you're a good team, there's just not a lot of opportunity for, goofballs and misfits and washed up guys and late bloomers to show up like you know you ask a red wings fan who was you know during that that cup run they're not gonna remember those guys like they're they're too busy watching eiserman and that you know zetterberg and datsuk and lidstrom and really good players right <laughs> like they're right. not they're not sitting there worrying about you know hudson fashion no offense but like you know to us that's a huge deal and if hudson fashion turns out to be a good player and helps the islanders win a stanley cup my god that guy's never gonna pay for a sandwich on Long Island ever get in his life, you know? So yep. uh, uh, yeah. I do think that we do it better than anybody, but I, I do think, like you said, there yeah. are shreds I, of it. 
I think you're and and it it comes to like even like look at the Rangers like when the mm. Rangers honor a player, yeah the the bells and whistles the the kind of corporate celebration that goes down at Madison Square Garden. Mm. Um, you think about the like the Habs and stuff like right. The Islanders have had so few players to like they've already honored every member of the dynasty like eight <laughs> times over with, yeah, exactly. with with ceremonies and they've never quite like especially during the charles wong era figured out like the right way to like kind of do those things yeah um they always felt very much like ribbon cutting at like uh oh look they just opened a new radio shack in town like yeah they're having a, they're having a free coffee and bagels <laughs> afterwards kind of s- ceremony mm-hmm. um so i feel like since we we've also so we've also been left to like celebrate on our own mm. um we, we like the, the rangers are like oh yeah we'll we'll celebrate henrik lundquist in due time and we'll celebrate uh you know, whoever uh the, the canadians will celebrate carrie price in due time and it becomes a thing like i gotta go right. to this night i gotta go to that night uh and for the islanders it's oh i gotta go to alumni night because i need to see kip miller i need to <laughs> i need to see him uh right. you know i just you know i need to think about that yeah. performance in 2002 or i need to see uh someone yeah. from like the 2000 like i need to see mike sillinger i right. need to see those guys right we want to see those goofball guys because yeah. quite honestly we've seen we've all seen bob nystrom and right. Lake yeah. Clark gillies and all these other guys lafontaine and hogue like these guys we see them all the time but like to see a mike sillinger to see a uh you know a peter mika or even a dave scatcher like you don't see that that often and so here you know here we are we want to see those those guys that were cast off and uh, yeah, no, I just, it, it's a great question. I, I don't see that kind of love for other teams, but man, if they were as, lo- as bad as long as ours was, I probably yeah. would. <laughs> and it's always much more tongue in cheek with, with the other, like when, when like yeah. Penguins fans do the, Oh, Radim Zahorna or, or Mark mm. Donk stuff. Like <laughs> it's kind of like a, it's almost sarcastic. And, and there is right. some, of course, like there's a little bit of that with us, mm. but at the same time, it's no, like we, we like you guys don't appreciate Ramsey a bit. Like we, we right. appreciate Valtteri Filippola. Like right. this guy means the world to us Yeah, uh, for, for his short stint. And it's so it's, it, it's, it, you feel almost feel, and we have this conversation a lot when we're planning weird Islanders mm-hmm. episodes. Like we, we don't want the player to ever feel offended. This is an honor being right. bestowed onto you. Like there's very few, like Brian Ralston is a very much a, an outlier <laughs> in the situation. Like right. we, 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 it's not enough. This is an honor that we mm. feel this way. And we're still talking about you because yeah. you don't understand until you're here, just yeah. that no matter how much you play or how well you play on the Island. But if you just play hard and, and mm. do your, do your best and go into the corner or whatever, like, no, we're gonna we're gonna remember you forever, and we're gonna clap for you at alumni night. Yeah. Like if Kale Molarat comes back, <laughs> people will be really happy. Like yeah. and, and it's not and it's not a tongue in cheek thing. It's yeah. a no. Like we thank you for thank you for being an Islander. Yeah, we we I mean we say it all the time too, and we'll move on in a second. But like we say all the time, does this guy know what his legacy is with the Islanders? Like Ryan Smith. Like does Ryan Smith know? that there are Islanders fans that still think of him and, you know, wish that that, that season had ended differently and wish that he had stayed. Cause that was such a huge deal. But uh, yeah, cause we, we don't see weird as being a, a bad thing. Like we, we want to celebrate these guys that were only here for a short time. And man, we have a lot of those guys, but Mike, that's a lot to chew on. And uh, I don't know if you meant it that way, but uh, yeah, that, that's a great question. And uh, you know, I'd love to talk to some other fans who, who are kind of, like, I would think that like flyers fans might've had that, that, that kind of relationship with some of their players. Um, 
you know, I don't really know of anybody. Maybe like a Panthers fan. I, or a I was Coyotes about to say that. I bet you Panthers, like the diehard yeah. Panthers fans, who are like when they yeah. go, going through those kind of dark years between two thousand and yeah two thousand whatever uh, yeah. twelve fifteen wherever they started to get better with like Uberdo and Barkov yeah. or. We're probably really happy to have like Carlos scratch stints on the team and stuff like that, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, Bruce um, those guys. I can think of Coyotes, probably maybe Ducks, and I, you know, I bet Sabres fans too probably like that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, but it's definitely a short list, that's for sure. And nobody does it better than we do. That's also for sure. Uh, so thank you very much. That's a great question. Okay, uh, our buddy John Muir at Ole Kavasha on Twitter asks a serious question. He apologizes for it. Don't apologize because this is a great question, and this is something that uh, really does uh you know get get right into my uh worry worry vault as well he says he asks past sorokin does organizational goaltending depth or quote unquote depth concern you uh yes yes it does <laughs> it does concern me uh we should probably say past sorokin and varlamov i think as a as a tandem we can agree that they're they're pretty good together varlamov is one of if not the best you know quote unquote backup goalie in the league but boy after these two guys, man, I don't know. It's Jacob Skarrick. It's Ken Appleby. Apparently, got signed by the by the the Sound Tiger. Uh, Sound, here I go again by Bridgeport again. Uh, Tristan Lennox is playing in the E, I guess, somewhere. So, man, I don't know. Uh, it bothers me. It bothers me a lot, and <laughs> I'm assuming it bothers you a lot too, right? I mean, this, well, it it doesn't because yeah. if if you're getting to Jacob Skarrick, if he's if he's going to become a main component of the season, your season is fucked. Your season basically. Is fucked. <laughs> Yeah. And you, and you'd think it's if, if God forbid something happens to one of our, our two beloved netminders, yeah. uh, that Lamarella would just go get someone, uh, yeah. you know, a stopgap that's better than Jacob Skarrick. <laughs> uh, so I'm not, I'm not, it's not that high on my list. And, and it's a, I think it's a, something I've, I've kind of learned through the Sorokin experience is that mm. having a goalie like Sorokin, it's such a huge deal because it guarantees uh, it, it, what it does is it buys you time to find the next Sorokin. And, and yeah. uh, the way I, I look at it is unfortunately thinking about Lundqvist, <laughs> like he was so good for so long that everyone's like, Oh man, the Rangers lucked into Igor Shesterkin. Like they lucked mm-hmm. into another elite goalie. Like, no, they didn't. They had an elite goalie. Right. And that meant that they didn't need to get a goalie. Like the, they, the position was just set mm. for however long Lundqvist was not winning a Stanley cup. Right. And they can like, beat the bushes to find another guy. They right, exactly. Time, until until one fell in their lap. And the Islanders, in a weird <laughs> way, kind of patched their way to that with from from Halak uh, right. and Grice to Varlamov and Leonard. Right. Uh, like like just by by having those guys stopgap from uh, Nabokov to now to Sorokin, it, it bought them time to draft and develop or let a you know this elite otherworldly goalie just develop so um mm. that's that's why i'm not too worried about it yeah uh that's a great uh philosophy and i wish i had it as well <laughs> and i'm gonna stick with that uh because uh yeah it you know i look at that that depth chart and i was just looking at before by the way man this isn't what john asked but man the ahl and bridgeport website design God, it's the pits. It really is. It's just the worst. <laughs> really? This is the best you guys can do? Come on. You have so some fun. money, right? You yeah. can't pay somebody to design a website that like looks like it's from this millennia. It's awful. Anyway, but I was looking at the depth chart. And I'm like, this is not good. Uh, but, uh, you know, you never know. Maybe Scarrick, you know, uh, kind of takes a jump this year. But, yeah, you know, depth in this case 
does it does not exceed past the NHL level, uh, but uh, maybe it gives him a chance to to find that, that one guy. You never know. Maybe Tristan Lennox or somebody like that uh, will end up being that guy. Thank you, John. <laughs> we always appreciate your, your great questions. Uh, okay. Uh, Ryan asks uh, about one of our favorite subjects, NHL media. He says, am I crazy for still being <laughs> angry that the NHL's idea of getting eyes on their product is to put the product behind a paywall? ESPN has five viable cable channels and refuses to show the product, but instead will actively choose to air World Poker Tour or Cornhole. Yeah, the Cornhole thing is very odd. Not to mention that unless uh, Brendan or AJ are involved in the game, no one knows anything about our team or actively openly hates them. Uh, I'd rather just not have the exposure. Thoughts? Man, Ryan, you know us well enough to know that we have a lot of thoughts on this. I gave mine off the top, so I'm going to throw it right to you. Um, This is going to be year, what, three of ESPN right now? And, uh, Oh, kind of yeah. where are your thoughts as far as the TV exposure, the ESPN plus exposure and the uh, various amateur hour crews that we keep getting for these games? Yeah, I, I'm actually, I've, I like ESPN plus actually a lot because I watch a lot of weird shit. <laughs> so uh, like I, I watch cricket and, mm. and stuff like, so ESPN plus is yeah. almost tailor made for me. Mm. Um, I can watch and it's uh, so like, and, and being a premier league fan for so long, having Peacock and ESPN plus means like all my bases are covered. Mm. Um, so I actually don't mind it, but I think as for, for normal people, it's, it's, it's not good. Like for just a normal, I just want to watch the Islanders fan. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what ESPN and, and these companies, they just don't value that. They don't value the, uh, you know, the, the regular Joe who just wants to, I'm an Islander fan. I'm going to watch mm. the Islanders. Uh, and I now have to pay, this amount of money a month to, to do so. And I have to have this many services um, where someone like me, it's, it's a little different. Uh, and I, I, the national, when the national broadcast list came out for, for teams, it's just so funny. And <laughs> you, I feel, you feel so like hypocritical about it because 12 years ago, I would have killed for the Islanders to play sure. on versus or OLN. Yeah. Just get, just give us one game because there was nowhere else to read or to, to hear what uh, the bigger media outlets thought about, about the Islanders. Oh, look, look, this team is kind of an upstart. Here's Blake Como playing with mm-hmm. Tavares and, and Molson and Parento. They're kind of exciting and, and they're not, you know, being pushed around anymore. Like you wanted to hear Brian Engblom say those words. Yeah. Um, but now the media landscape has changed so much that, it's now a chore yeah, <laughs> to, to have them on the national broadcast yeah. uh, and the Islanders are on it a lot, which is killing me because those games, you don't want to say that they get ruined, but they sort of do like yeah. the experience gets so much worse watching uh, with, with ESPN calling yeah. the game because uh, like Ryan says, like nobody knows anything about the team. It's Steve Levy's yeah. or John Bucci Gross are shouting the whole time. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, I never felt that Brian Engblom or Dave Strader, who used to do those ESPN games or versus games, I never felt like they didn't know who the Islanders were. Right. Right. Like you felt like, okay, well, they've watched this team before, you know, and, and you didn't get that sense that like they just read, a you know, the roster on, on hockey DB or whatever. And then that's it, because yep. that's the feeling I get with these ESPN guys. Like they just don't know who the hell they're talking about. Yeah, exactly. And so. Yeah, so it's it's frustrating, and I think mm. a lot of we're not alone. Like the Islanders yeah. fan base isn't alone in that, but it just shows you kind of where sports is these days. Yeah. That despite 
Like nobody at ESPN, like the people, the, the power brokers at ESPN aren't unawares that everybody hates when they broadcast <laughs> games. <laughs> like there's, there, it's right. the hockey, the hockey community has been loud enough about it. So, hmm. uh, it's, it just shows you that despite that feedback being overwhelmingly negative, it, they're just like, ah, eh, we don't really care. We're just yeah. going to keep doing it this way because it's the easy way and yeah. we don't want John Bucciagrass to have a tantrum <laughs> that he's not calling. You can't say that Matt Barzell's got sick mitts. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, there's definitely, the, a lot of it has to do with our current media and sports landscape. And I think the, the end result is they're going to do whatever either makes them the most money or costs them the least money. And in this case, you know, playing poker or cornhole probably costs them exactly $0 and, and, Playing, you know, playing the NHL either costs them money or costs them, you know, resources that they don't want to spend or whatever. So uh, it's tough. It is weird to look and see five ESPN channels and none of them are playing hockey. Meanwhile, it's on. I got to turn on Hulu. I got to, you know, or go to the website and watch it. It's a whole thing. Um, it's not. It's not ideal. Let's put it that way. But neither is having fifteen different streaming services. You know, like <laughs> my wife and I are having a conversation because our year of uh, Peacock is coming to an end and. Frankly, I don't want to pay more than the 20 bucks I paid for the last year, you know, so we don't watch it. We don't use it. So I'm probably going to dump it. Uh, Sony just raised the price of PlayStation Plus and I'm probably going to cancel it because I don't feel like paying $80 for a service I'm not going to use. So, you know, this is just kind of the world we live in, unfortunately, right now. And uh, but it's it doesn't mean it's not frustrating. Like it's frustrating. We we are also very lucky in the sense that our broadcast crew is one of, if not the best in the NHL. And I and yes, I'm biased, but man. Go out and listen to some of these other crews and you will be thankful that we have Brendan and Butchie for all his craziness and occasionally AJ and Shannon in particular, you know, these people are all, and Alan Furing, who is great. We're going to talk about Alan in a second too. Like, you know, as Brendan, Brendan sort of backup and we are very, very lucky. So any other crew is just going to seem like a huge downgrade. And with these ESPN crews, man, they don't know. And, and I'll get to something I said before. And, and this is, you know, my, my biggest issue with the whole ESPN thing, finding it online, not playing on TV, that that all sucks. Don't get me wrong. My biggest issue is particularly with the Islanders, why it is that we are the only fan base that gets insulted by the talent on air. Why are we the only ones with people falling asleep in the studio? Why do I got to listen to fucking Ryan Callahan <laughs> complaining about how boring the Islanders games are? Or PK, I like PK Subban as a player. Why do I got to watch him? Why? How come nobody's complaining about any other team? Nobody complains about any other teams. Everybody else is perfect. They're all 100% tip-top perfect teams in the NHL. Only the Islanders are the only ones get insulted. We're it. And yet we're supposed to just pay for this and watch their games on TV. That, that's what gets me nuts. Like trying to chase a game down on TV is fine. That's one thing. It's just how uh, it is in 2023. But getting insulted is where I draw the line. <laughs> that's what I don't want. I'm watching your product, man. Don't insult me. Don't make fun of me. What the hell's the matter with you? We've already been in, like you, you guys had your chance to insult us and we deserved yeah. it. Right. 15 hmm. years. <laughs> like we know we've heard it all. Like this is, right. this, do you think calling us boring is going to hurt? Like our feelings can, it's just going to annoy us. Like, yeah, we well, were, it, we were it's like moving to Kansas city. Like, it's sure like John I was saying Gucci off the top. Me jokes about like the Kansas City Islanders yeah. on on Sports Center in like 2009. Yeah, it, it's like I was saying off the top. Like it's just it's just it's just dunks for clout. You yeah. know, it's like so it's not it's not so much they're insulting us. They're insulting us so that yet Leafs fans can go, yes, King, you dropped this. Like just <laughs> leave me alone. Come on, just let me watch the damn game. 
Why can't I get an ounce of respect from the, the media outlet that's showing they want you should want me to watch more of your product. Instead, I'm going to be like, I'm going to turn this off after the second period and be like, I don't need this shit. Get out of here. Anyway, Ryan, again, you know, we always have a lot of thoughts. So yeah, I hope that's, that's enough there, but uh, it's not an easy answer, you know, and it, it goes for everything else. Like it's just a different, we live in a different media landscape right now and, and nobody's figured that out. And you know, there's, there's a couple of strikes going on right now, uh, actors and writers and uh, you know, they, their main thing is they just, the old contracts for old network broadcast TV just isn't applicable in, in a streaming age. So they they want the paradigm changed and honestly sports are right there. So hopefully we get a change and it's all, all for the better at some point. Uh, so thank you for that question. And Pat asks a question about our boy, Brendan Burke. He says with him being beginning to take on additional roles, do you think this is the beginning of the end of the Brendan Burke era? Any thoughts on who the eventual successor to Butch would be? Um, Brendan was calling Penn state, somebody or other college football game yesterday. He did some Yankees games over the summer, which for him is a big deal because his dad used to cover the Yankees uh, for the post. Uh, do I think this is the end of the Brendan Burke era? No, I don't think so. I think Brendan knows that this is a, a good gig and he likes it here. I hope not because <laughs> I like having him here. Um, as far as uh successor to Butch would be, uh, I would like it. I thought it would, might be AJ, uh, but I think she's doing more ESPN stuff now, but I guess Thomas Hickey would be the next one. And uh, honestly, I, I think Hickey's great. I think he's, yeah. he's fantastic. He would be perfect. I, you know, he did a couple of games last year. Um, you know, I, I think I, we all listen. I love Butch. I will stand up for Butch all times against all comers. You know, Oh, he talks too much about the old days. He doesn't, he doesn't do any analysis. Good. That's fine. He's a hockey uncle. The guy's an Islander legend. Let him do his thing. Uh, but that being said, it would be nice to give him a couple of nights off <laughs> over the course of the season. Let Thomas Hickey take a take, you know, let AJ come in, let somebody, some other new people come in just to give him a little bit of a break, you know, uh, for travel and stuff like that. But I do love, uh, I mean, aside, I don't know. I probably just stole your answer, but no, you're you right. Yeah, no, I think it's right. I think, I think, and if, if Brandon Burke was like, yeah, I'm, by the way, I'm leaving, I'm taking the mm. national gig, whatever. And Butch was like, oh, by the way, I'm retiring and Alan Furing and Thomas Hickey took over it. Yeah. be sad but that's a great it's kind that of like for me. the Sorokin thing like when you right. have a really good kind of thing going it, you it buys you time mm. to develop another guy and, and i i really i actually almost like listening to alan call a game more than brendan at this point i think he's so, <laughs> he's he's incredible yeah yeah no he, he's very very good and you know i think with brendan the, the it's not so much the islanders gig i know we we can joke about oh it's like you know the, it's much more small time than, you know, working for NBC or, or TNT. But at the same time, you know, having that regular gig is, is great. And for him, I think probably the biggest thing is the travel. You know, he's got a couple of small kids at home too. And uh, he's got, he's on a plane a lot. <laughs> so if he can take that, uh, then, then he'll be okay. And uh, we can have him for a long time. But I think, you know, if, one thing Brendan, and I, de I definitely get the sense he is aware of is longevity. Like he knows exactly what it was like to what it meant to replace Howie Rose who called Islanders games for 20 years, who also replaced Jake McDonald who called Islanders games for 15 years and so on and so forth. So I think he gets it. Uh, and I don't think this is the beginning of the end for him, but again, I'm may just be projecting cause I don't want it to be the beginning of the end for him. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll see, but hopefully, yeah, we're going to come into season two of uh, the Hickey Thomas Hickey experience and uh, looking forward to that too. Uh, but uh, Pat, that's a great question. Thanks. Uh, Frank asks, about another one of our favorite subjects, the athletic. <laughs> How will the athletic sans our friend Arthur Staple 
deal with the unwavering support of Toronto while continuing to power the ass of Boy Wonder Kyle Dubas? Uh, will we see factions formed like in the Hunger Games? Will they all swing Team Toronto? Would love your thoughts. So basically what Frank is asking is how a bunch of guys who love Kyle Dubas, who write about the Leafs, you know, react to him doing stuff for the Penguins. Are they going to be, you know, kind of following that more? Uh, how do you see that playing out? Uh, I canceled my subscription to the Athletics, so I won't <laughs> see it play out. But you tell me how you think it's going to play out. Yeah, mine, mine's coming up too, but I'm sure I'll find a way to I'll find a way to read my my daily Jonas Siegel. I mean, he wrote just a quick aside. He wrote an incredible uh, primer, a training oh. camp primer, basically for the Leafs. Catching you up in case in case you just weren't paying attention, uh, what happened in the off season, where they stand, and it was all this, uh, it was very negative towards the new GM because he's not the old GM, right? Uh, like how he signed Ryan Reeves and did all this kind of old hockey man stuff <laughs> that Kyle Dubas has been fighting against. Mm. Uh, this you know walking walking uphill both ways to school against <laughs> for for years. Um, mm. And it's and you're reading this thing and you're like, oh man, like Jonas, he seems pretty down on yeah. the on the Leafs. Like this is, you know, he's he's maybe he's taking this harder than I thought. And then the the conclusion, and it, I think it says like, you know, conclusion or prediction is Leafs win the division. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say President's Trophy, but yeah, yeah that makes win the sense, division yeah. again, like they always right. do. They you know, yeah. not, not a, a six straight division for the Leafs. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, they're. They're still going to be able to do their thing with the Leafs. Uh, they're just, I think they're going to focus a lot more attention on Austin Matthews. As he's going to take on a bigger role mm. uh, for these guys because mm. they don't have Dubis to to kind of big up anymore. So it'll be him and like Brandon Pridham. I think mm. Brandon Pridham's just going to get a ton of uh, credit for different things. Uh, kind of <laughs> like you see in Carolina, how people yeah. are like, oh man, this, this signing has Eric Tulski written all over it. Right. Uh, like that kind of stuff. Uh, and at the same time, I can I'm actually pretty excited to see uh, the the dynamic with Dubis and Pittsburgh. Yeah. They're, they're, James Myrtle might might OK a Joshua Cloak writing an entire alternate reality where Dubis stays with the Leafs and and, mm. and how the season would play out. Um, and they might even hand out a Stanley Cup for it at the end of the season. <laughs> You know their own little thing, uh, because it's it's gonna be great. But every 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 Penguins move is mm. going to be met with with some serious, uh, yeah. you know, ticker tape. While uh, the the Toronto moves will be less uh, yeah. less celebrated, but the end result will be the same, which is the Leafs win, yeah. like they always do <laughs> and have been doing since 1967, nonstop. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. As we all know, of course. Yeah. Uh, I'm just as you're talking. I'm just picturing whenever the Penguins return, oh, whenever they play at Toronto the first time. I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can negotiate with the powers <laughs> that be at the Athletic to just give you a three day subscription right. the day before the game, mm. the day of the game, and the day after, just oh so God. you could read the the, right. the Dubis return stuff. Well, because well, the first thing is it's gonna be you could just share it to me with a screenshot if this happens. But what what you're gonna see is because like when when the athletic does like the big stories, they have like a sort of artsy kind of you know front page picture. You're definitely gonna get a, a, a picture of Dubis, you know, black and white, black and gold on one side, blue and white on the other. 
huge picture. So like as soon as you log on to theathletic.com, you're going to be confronted with this man's bespeckled face. And you're going to get at least one story from the Toronto side about what he's meant to the franchise and what his return means. You're going to get one from the Pittsburgh side about what he means to the Penguins and what his return means on from that end. Maybe two, maybe two and two. You never know. There's going to be breathless coverage of both. There's going to be his his entire press conference is going to be like um, live blogged or whatever at, at one point through the whole thing. And then, like you said, once the game is over, there's going to be report cards on both sides, what this means, how you know this this outcome affects both clubs and all that stuff. And it's going to be treated as if this is some sort of monumental return of the conquering hero uh back to his his home as opposed to just two teams in two separate divisions playing each other in the middle of a season like that's which is really what it is who cares who cares about the general manager but this is the whole thing and no other general manager would ever ever get that that treatment at all but because this is the athletic because this is kyle dubas because it's these two teams in particular uh it you're gonna get this it's december 16th there you go. That's when it comes back. And, uh, oh my God. You're going to, you know what? Uh, um, you know, we, we do a super specific p- predictions, usually in our season <laughs> preview. I'm just going to give one right now. Yeah. There will be an article written on The Athletic about whether or not Kyle Dubas should get a tribute video. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, he will. I definitely, yeah. he definitely will. Of course he will. He'll, but, he, uh, he, he right. imagine he didn't. He would, <laughs> he would be so upset. Yeah. Uh, All the genuine emotion and honesty mm, that he showed in that yeah that that press conference where he said he promised he would never take another job in two weeks <laughs> that was so was so play. genuine and right raw and yeah. brave I would, I definitely am not looking to go someplace else unless they give me more money than any general manager has ever made ever for absolutely nothing uh, again I can't this guy do that is, to my family yeah I can't I can't uh, but uh, this is remember don't forget this is the man who in fact has seen. The second round of the playoffs equally as much as Garth Snow has as in his time as general manager. So there you go. But yeah, Frank, that's a great question. Uh, and uh, yeah, let me know how that turns out because I won't be reading, <laughs> but I am curious to see how it goes, but that is, that is a, a huge reason why I won't be reading. Uh, so there you go. Uh, okay. So our buddy, Maddie, Maddie, the usher uh, definitely got his money's worth in this mailbag. Cause he's got a lot going on here. So <laughs> let's take let's take the first one really quickly. Uh, Cause it's a good question. Uh, in our opinions, how many years away are we from every NHL city having a male and female brother, sister team? I hope to, I live long enough to see the Isles boys and lady Isles combined for the first ever combined gender Stanley cup. Um, that's a beautiful idea. And I would love to see that. Every NHL city, that's probably many, 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 many years away. Uh, the new ladies, uh, the new women's team uh, league is starting up soon, and they're going to have six teams. And, you know, I, I, I hope this works out. I mean, I took my daughter and my wife to see a couple of Riveters games. I guess the team is no more. It's unfortunate because uh, I was really looking forward to it. And, you know, again, just like we were ans- saying with that other question up top, like it's 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 a different landscape now. You know, we, we root for teams in some game and our team is 52 years old, 51 years old. Like they started in a different era, different when, when money was different. (laughs) And now it's, it's, you know, uh, harder to get a team off the ground, harder to make money, harder to provide for the players and give them, you know, cause they want, they want to be treated like professional athletes. They should be treated like professional athletes and that's hard to make work. So uh, I would love to see uh, an Islanders team uh, win a cup and then, 
you know, an Islanders women's team also win a cup. I think that would be a fantastic thing. I just, I don't know if we'll see it in our lifetimes, Maddie. I'm, you and I are just about the same age. Uh, so that, that would be unfortunate, but uh, you know, I, I, I would like to see a viable women's hockey league out there. I don't think that's, that's too crazy a thing to say. And I, I just, I do hope it works, but man, I don't know. It seems like every time, you know, they, they start one of these things, it just, it gets undone by just, I don't know, shitty management <laughs> and, and just poor planning and maybe biting off a little more than they can chew, but we'll see. Uh, check out the ice garden, by the way, if you're looking for uh, updates on women's hockey, they, they used to be with SB nation, but uh, they're independent now and uh, they still do great coverage. So check it out. Icegarden.com. Uh, what do you think about Maddie's question about uh, sort of uh, aisles and then lady aisles kind of combining it for in one city at one point? Yeah. You'd, you'd think that um, perhaps the Coliseum or UBS sure. arena would be a, a good spot for it. Um, for a, a women's team, I just get so confused by it, um, by the the leagues because there yeah. was two at the same time, right? Yeah. There were those like two rival leagues going on, right? And they both had very similar names. Yeah, and yeah the new exactly. One has a similar name too. Exactly. Yeah. So like, I, it, it's and I I do my best to try to keep up with it and and yeah. you know, credit to where it's due. Like Jeff Marrick is is very good yes. about kind of like sussing through it and like explaining, understanding that a lot of people like you and I who are into hockey are very are confused confused because there seems to be like a high barrier of entry to like figure out which league is which and whatever and and like all the the drama that went on with it so now that there seems to just be one league Mm -hmm. um yeah hopefully it it works out and there is a uh a new york team that that gains some uh some serious like you know support and momentum Mm -hmm. but uh we'll see Mm -hmm. um because like i said it's like you said it's it's just kind of gone it's not even it's, it's like they they just they don't go up or down they just go like this crazy like sideways yeah. route they yeah. almost like make up their own um demise yeah. rather than like just going going the way of like the right. WHA or yeah. or the uh, USFL it's like mm. no that that that's how it ended like that doesn't make yeah. sense yeah i i mean i think you know not to get because i'm not, i'm definitely not an expert but i i feel like again they 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 want they want to be professional they want you know to to have all the the sort of trappings and the the established kind of footprint of a professional league, and again, they they deserve that. These players, you know, they they work hard and they're really good, and they should have more than just the Olympics or the World Championships to show those skills off. But uh, you know, you got to start. You know, our league started in you know nineteen what was it nineteen oh nine or whatever with you know a bunch of teams, and then World War Two happened, and it cut them down to six, and they were like that for twenty five years until they added six more, and you know these things get kind of built in stages, and and it it can be hard in the, you know, this, this kind of current landscape to build in a stage because people want the best right off, right out of the gate. And so I, again, I hope it works out. You know, I was watching that last year, last summer, I was watching that three on three league because they had a, a TV element, I guess, uh, a, you know, they televised the games on some channel and I was like, Oh, this is great. And then this year they decided to not televise them. They were just online and I just didn't watch any of them. And it's just like, you got to get out there. <laughs> you got to, you got to get exposed. And so, uh, hopefully they, they find that exposure and uh, can make it work because uh, I'm with Maddie. I would like to see that. Uh, that's a great question, Maddie. Okay, so Maddie also brings up some what-if scenarios. I'm going to read all these out, and I want you to choose first uh, what alternate Islanders universe you would like, and then you tell me how you think it's going to play out. So number one, Ziggy Palfi is not traded. Brett Lindros is never concussed and becomes a Milan Lucic-like player for the Isles. Both are still on the team in the spring of 2 for their playoff series against the Leafs. Scenario number two, Mike Bossy stays healthy and plays until he's 40. 
Do the Isles win the cup again on with him on LaFontaine or Turgeon's line? Interesting. And then number three, Tavares stays. Is the team better with him? And did he, in fact, possibly cost himself a cup by leaving? Or was the post-JT revival so fueled by his ghosting of his teammates and fans? That the, and it's possible that the ethos never develops and he stays and they are, in <laughs> fact, worse with him than they ended up being without him. That's a lot to chew on, particularly that last one. So I'm going to throw it right to you. You pick, and then I'll, I'll pick whichever, you know, one of the ones you don't pick. Which of these alternate Isles universes uh, would you kind of could you would want to see i should say kind of play itself and how do you think it would play itself out well that that third one the Tavares one i think is a question for like right a big kind of prompt podcast almost all three of these could be their own podcast yeah let's be honest. yeah i think so <laughs> uh because there's so many different ways you can take that question because yeah it probably means brock nelson isn't around anymore and brock Frankly, Lee. he's a better player. Like, yeah. Yeah, Lee for so, sure. Uh, yeah. But that first one, like, Ziggy Poffy never getting traded. Uh, he he goes from, like, cult hero to just a legend. Like, yeah. Uh, and I think that's what grinds so many <laughs> Islander fans of, of that generation is that this guy was on the brink of being – he he was one of the coolest players in the NHL. We just did a weird uh, Islanders episode about a a player who was who I was talking about being like a cool player because of uh, a, a video game. But um, and Ziggy was one of them. Like the island, yeah. there was only one Ziggy Palfi, and the Islanders had him. Uh, and had he not been traded, he he becomes a an absolute legend. And especially if they 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 are if he's on that team that makes it to the playoffs for the first time since you know 93 so uh or 94 but it's it's tough i i I always try not to think about these things because i there's so many different ways you could go with the islanders <laughs> like like what if you know dpatro whatever like all this stuff yeah. um and it, and you just end up getting so sad thinking about it but Pal palfi just to me it, it would just be his his star like his place in the islanders chat uh history book would just be an entire yeah. You know, a couple chapters rather than just a like a cult hero kind of thing. He would definitely have his number retired. Yes. And uh the number one thing I think of with that scenario when from when I first read this was how would Ziggy and Yashin have worked on a line together? Like that probably would have been pretty sick. <laughs> like those two guys together. Because Palfi was lights out when when they had Robert Reichel. Um they were great together. And not that Reichel and Yashin were were, you know, kind of similar players, but yeah, you put him with a center who who knew what he was doing and knew how to get him the puck. Uh, Palfi was even more deadly than he was normally, you know, just on his own. And so I, that that's what I get to. And I would love to have seen that. And then obviously you, had, you would have had the lucky sevens line. And yeah, that team would have been pretty darn good. Brett Lindros being a Milan Lucic-like player. Eh, I don't know about that. You know, that that might have been something. But, you know, again, he's a, he's a huge what if. We'll, we'll get to him at Weird Island at some point. But that's a huge what if on its own. Um, the bossy thing is interesting to me because... Uh, I don't know if the Islanders would have won the cup again with bossy, you know, don't forget he, it wasn't just him, you know, on those teams, it was Trottier and Potvin and, and Smith and Gillies and Nystrom and the whole crew. And they were all getting older. And uh, you know, I don't know if, you know, had they put him on a line with LaFontaine, if they had, maybe they would have had another run at the cup or maybe got to a conference final or something. I could see that. What I can tell you is that if Mike bossy had played until he was 40, 
Alex Ovechkin would be chasing his ass and not <laughs> not Wayne Gretzky's because uh, he would have had you know for, to have 575 goals I believe in your career and play you know just about 10 years in that 10th year was he only had like 35 goals uh, is insane and if you tack another 10 years on top of that assuming he was healthy tack on another you know three four hundred goals. Man, that would have been that would have been something else. But Bossy, I mean, not that he isn't already, but Bossy would have been even in more rarefied air than he already is. So uh, these are all great. They could all be their own podcast. Thank you, Maddie. <laughs> these are all awesome. You know, the Tavares thing too. I I want to see much like with the Ziggy thing. I would have liked to have seen Tavares under trots. I wonder. I wonder what that would have been like. But my feeling is that he would have ended up like playing on the third line. Like he would have. You know, Pajot wouldn't be here. Also, you know, because. I don't know if he would have stayed up, you know, with the, have the, with the speed of what the Islanders were able to do. But it's an interesting question for sure. Uh, but thank you, Maddie. Those are great. Uh, David asks a, uh, a game uh, related question. And again, you're, you've been in more games than I have. And I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. What's your favorite view for a game? Glance against the glass, home blue line behind the opposing goal. He says, I got nothing else until camp anyway. Yeah. That, that's what I kind of thought we were going to get, but no, this is a good question. So like when you go to a game, where do you prefer to sit? You want to sit on the glass, a little bit up, certain goal, that, that kind of thing? Yeah, I I, uh, I guess it's – this kind of goes back to when I started to really go to games a lot in high school was we used mm-hmm. to sit in the uh, Loudville kind mm-hmm. of area. Really high not, up. N- yeah, exactly. Not in yeah. that section, but uh, generally. And, and and I like to, to, to say this, and I don't know if it would be true, <laughs> but if I ever had like a windfall and – you know, won a yeah. bunch of money or somehow and uh, had the opportunity to to sit up close or whatever. Mm. I still like to think that I would sit within the gods. Like, <laughs> I, I just like being up there. I yeah. think that, that the atmosphere, it, what when you go to an Islander game, you should, you're, you're paying for uh, the, the experience of it, especially a big game, right? You're, you're not right. just there to, to go and eat, you know, uh, <laughs> these different kind of ballpark foods they have now or get ex- taken through this five-star hospitality experience. You're, you're there to throw beer cans on the ice, basically, right? Like, like that, that's what you're there for. And so uh, I like to think that the the best place to experience an Islander game, especially if you're going for the first time, is is up there uh, in, in, in the gods with, with, the, with the riffraff. Like, that's, that's home for me. Um, so like I said, like I, I, uh, I look at a lot of different celebrities or whatever, when like they're sitting down low for different sporting events, I'd be like, mm. man, go sit up, sit up high. You'll have a much better time. And people will probably <laughs> leave you alone up there because they, they'll respect that you're up there and whatever, yeah. like they'll, they'll know why you're here. So, mm. um, I, I like to think that. So I like sitting behind the, the goal, the Islanders shoot twice at, but I, mm. I like sitting behind either goal. I just think yeah. it's the way that the Coliseum and UBS arena set up that those, those seats are just so good. You, you can see, yes. see rushes develop mm. really well. And um, you, you just, it's just a great look. So uh, yeah. yeah, I just like sitting up high. Yeah. I, I'm with you, uh, by the way, uh, strong uh, Leonardo DiCaprio at Barclay center vibes from uh, that. Last right. Right. Saying. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but no, I'm with you. I like sitting up high. I remember the first time I sat at a game near the glass was when I was an intern for Stan Fischler. And I'm like, I can't see a damn thing. What's going on here. You can't see what's happening at the other end of the ice. You can barely see what's happening in front of you because the guys are so big and so fast. And, uh, you know, you, you might think, oh, this is great. We're right on the glass. This is awesome. But after, after a period, you're just like, 
yeah, I don't know about this. <laughs> I kind of liked it better up top. Um, I definitely like kind of sitting uh, on the ends. You can see stuff. And, you know, when people used to complain about Barclay Center, uh, I used to tell them, like, if you get the seats, uh, this is a lot of good this is doing us now. It's, they're not going back there. But, you know, if you got the seats behind the net where the Islanders shot twice um, and, and kind of up high, not only did you see everything, but those those tickets were mainly dirt cheap. Like, you could have got them, you know, if you got them kind of closer to the corner, you could even save a few more bucks and and they were absolutely beautiful every single time they were they were never never a bad view from those spots and and you know UBS uh, I don't know if I've set up up in those kind of areas there but I would assume it's kind of the same thing so up high is better uh at the glass if you, if you have an opportunity to sit along the glass you definitely should take it just to kind of experience it but honestly it's not the best way to to watch yeah. a game well up i mean it's, it's it's a teach their own question i just i think yeah. it's just um yeah. you, you when you're sitting down there you like you hear the game you feel the game it's yeah. great yeah um, I, I think it's 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 a really cool experience it's just mm-hmm. for for me i just i being amongst you know i like to get around the islander fans themselves mm-hmm. and um you know so it's uh yeah. that's why i like sitting up there like you're basically sitting mm-hmm. on someone's lap up there it's 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 tight <laughs> and especially at the coliseum like you just ended up in different spots and, and yeah in big games and yeah, there's a lot of roaming at the goal, game for sure. Goal, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> celebrations. All of a sudden you're just like, how did yeah. I get two, two rows down? And- <laughs> it's, it's like being on the floor of a concert. Like, yeah. you know, the, the mosh pit starts happening and before you know it, you're on the other side of the stage, you know, but uh, see, this is also a difference between you and me. If I had a chance to watch a game, I would like to watch in a luxury box. I did it once many, many years ago. And uh, I would like to be able to sit in comfort for once. I'm, I'm kind of a tall dude and, I don't like sitting in small seats. <laughs> so the, uh, the, uh, the luxury boxes give me a chance to uh, spread out. And, but you don't get the same kind of feeling of, you know, I think of people being around you. So, but definitely to each his own and uh, wherever you're sitting, we hope uh, you watch Islanders win. But David, that's a great question. Thanks. Uh, so Bob asks a question uh, and I'll be honest, uh, we're already well over the hour and 20 minute mark now. So I'm actually going to make this its own podcast. Uh, I'm going to, record this on my own later on. I want to bore people to death, but Bob does ask, or he says, uh, the Islanders award winners series is fantastic. Thank you very much, Bob. I appreciate that. So the details and history notes are great. Can you share your process of putting together an episode? Yes. About the research and what's the most difficult one to get to put together and what's been my favorite. Uh, I really do appreciate you saying this, Bob. Uh, I hope people have enjoyed it. This is the first feedback I've gotten on the entire series all summer uh, and good or bad. So I really do appreciate it. And I really do hope people are enjoying it. Uh, but this is a, a long thing. And again, I don't want to bore people to death for another 15 minutes here talking about myself. So I will make this its own separate podcast and I'll put it out uh, at the end of the series. There's three more episodes to go uh, this week, next week, and then the final one the week after with uh, a pretty recent Islanders award winner. Uh, so uh, I'll I'll get into the whole process. It, you know, if I didn't know anybody wanted to know, I wouldn't have even bothered. But since you're asking, I'll let you know. And then people can download it and listen to it if they want. But I really do. I just wanted to say thanks, Bob. Uh, the check is in the mail. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but I hope people are enjoying it. Okay. Uh, we're almost done here. We got a few more to go. Uh, and we're getting kind of silly now. So uh, our friend Doc At asks, do you guys think uh, they'll ever put up a video. Oh, do you, sorry. Let me rephrase it. Do you think you guys will ever put up video feeds of the pod on YouTube? Uh, I think it would be great. And Hey, maybe pick up some different sponsorships. Also, he's been debating whether or not to even ask this. Cause he knows Mike hates the NFL, but do you have a super bowl pick? Uh, and he, he's understands that this question would be ignored, but uh, I'm going to just go ahead and ask you, do you have a super bowl pick? 
uh, and or does anybody at the Action Network have a Super Bowl pick that uh, you can share with us uh, that uh, might help people? You know, it's I I um, I really don't I don't I don't pay attention to the NFL mm. and at the company like I'm I'm I've now become known as the it's now a shtick that I got to keep up <laughs> how little I pay attention to the NHL. Hockey Sometimes guy. they have me on podcasts and stuff uh, to just inform me who's good, uh, like what the standings look like and stuff. So I don't, I will tell you that we got the um, Australian rules football. Uh, the the uh, the playoffs are started this past weekend and, and they're off to a rousing start. And um, I'm pulling for the Brisbane Lions uh, because mm. I have them tied in with like some parlays that if, if Brisbane wins their championship, um, it would set up a, a, a massive payday for me should the Islanders win the Stanley Cup. So um <laughs> That's that's my that's how I'll answer this question. Uh, but I, uh, if I had to pick one, I guess the, the, it's you know, the reason I, I've kind of fallen out of love with the NFL is it feels so like it's the same thing that just happens over and over mm. again. It's just very little minor details change. So it's like this. I could tell you the Steelers and Ravens will probably play a game in November <laughs> or December. It'll be very cold and, yeah. and it's a massive game. And one of the teams, if they win it, they win the division. And even though the other team loses, they still make the playoffs somehow. And uh, it'll be a hard, hard hitting game and whatever. So, um, mm. yeah, it's just, uh, it's, it's, I've been happy. I've been happier, I think, with it. Yeah. Kind of pulling away from the NH, the NFL. I would be, I would be much, much, much happier, I think, if I pulled away from the NHL. <laughs> well, it's like crazy now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I've definitely scaled back my NFL fandom to extremely casual. I was talking with my wife before and I was like, you know, if the Jets get to the AFC championship game, I'll get excited. But until then, I, I probably won't. Uh, people seem to think they're going to be good this year. The defense was good. People still think Aaron Rodgers has something left in the tank. I will uh, believe it when I see it. So we'll see what happens there. I was thinking, though, today, I was watching the Browns-Bengals game, and I was thinking, man, how cool would it be if the Browns and Lions made the Super Bowl in the same year? Like, those are two just football-mad cities, Detroit and Cleveland. And their teams have given them nothing since the 50s. Like, they've been just terrible. Uh, and that would be a Super Bowl matchup that I would absolutely love to see. I had a friend of mine who was a huge Browns fan. I know people who are big Lions fans. And those two teams in particular making a Super Bowl together would be just about the coolest thing ever. Because one city's, both cities are going to burn themselves to the ground. One's gonna, one because they won and one because they lost. So uh, I think it would be fun to see. But as far as a pick, I have absolutely no idea. The Chiefs, sure, why not? And Patrick Mahomes has got to justify all these these uh, even my Patrick Mahomes is so famous that even my wife knows who he is. She goes, Is that Patrick Holmes? I'm like, Mahomes. <laughs> she goes, Mahomes. It's Mahomes? I'm like, yes, it's Mahomes. You sure? Yes. Just like his father, Pat Mahomes, was when he was playing for the Mets. It's Mahomes. Oh, okay. Thought it was Holmes. No, but she knows who he is. She's like, Oh, this is that football guy. So he's a big deal. So sure, Chiefs, why not? Who cares? Uh uh Doc adds other question about putting up video feeds on YouTube. Uh, I don't know. We'd we'd have to have a discussion about that. Honestly. We put these podcasts up in so many different places that I really don't feel like putting it up some other place. Uh, but you know, if people if we, want, if we were like serious about you know making yeah. making money and sure spreading the, the network. word, yeah, like, the yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, it would be it's probably the the right thing to do, but you just. Sure. Yeah, exactly. It's more work and it and it's more work for you because I would have no idea how to even do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we could, uh, but I, I don't know. I, far, apparently, YouTube is like one of the most used search engines in the world, which is yeah. kind of crazy to me. Uh, so, I mean, I think there will be some engagement there, but a, I, I don't. YouTube comments are 
worse than Twitter replies <laughs> in most cases. And also, I just don't know who has the appetite to watch us talk about the Islanders. We know who we know who wants to listen to us listen we'll talk about the Islanders. I don't know about watching us, but uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't get too too uh, wrapped up in that. Uh, now, probably yeah. saying that you know we 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 hey, if there is a sponsor out there that would oh yeah know, throw throw some some bags of bread at us. Mm. Please. I'll sell my soul. I will. I will. I'm happy to tell you how much I make annually, and then you can just match that, and I will be all over YouTube. Promise. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, barring that, though, I wouldn't. I wouldn't hold my breath. But thank you very much for for the the question and the uh, the support. We like it. Uh, okay, so Maximilian had a question before, and I wanted he had a second question. I brought it back here because it's kind of more more of a goofball thing. But uh, have you ever? Been, and this is another perfect question for you. Have you ever been somewhere completely random? And been surprised to see a fellow Isles fan wearing swag or something else. He was randomly in the middle of Krakow, Poland, uh, and was completely surprised to see Islanders gear elsewhere. I, I would be surprised too to see Islanders Tchaikovsky. gear in Krakow. It's it's, it's, it's an, <laughs> the Polish prince. It might have been Tchaikovsky, you never yeah. know, or a huge fan of Tchaikovsky. So, uh, you know, in your travels, have you ever seen any Islanders gear anywhere and been like, "Holy shit, is that guy wearing an Islanders hat?" Uh, I've, I've had more people stop me, like, cause I'll, I'll wear Islander stuff. Like I, I, I made sure on my bachelor party, we went to, uh, LSU to wear Islander Jersey mm, into yes. Tiger stadium. And I have the picture. <laughs> and, uh, but, um, one time actually staying in that realm. And by the way, which is, it's funny. I, I, I do adore college football. I love college football. I watch it's college funny. football, a ton of po- college football. Um, I, f- I find it to be a, uh, it's like a festival. It's a very carnival thing. It's very American. Extremely chaotic. Yeah, it's just fun. <laughs> and uh, so I went, my buddy's bachelor party last year, last September, was at Notre Dame. And uh, the night before the game, we were at a bar on campus, and I had an Islander's hat on, and I saw someone else with an Islander's wow. hat on and um, in this bar. And, and we talked and he, he said that he knew about the podcast and such. And Whoa. I can't remember his name now, but um, I, I remember him. He, he was p- Portuguese, like his, his mm. family's Portuguese. Cause we talked about Tavares. He's like, he, he like cut me deep because I'm Portuguese <laughs> and all this stuff. And so that was one uh, for sure. Um, I, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of others and I can't really, I think that's probably it. Like there's some other like random ones in like, you know, you'll see him in like, boston or whatever but uh nothing i think south bend indiana was probably the one that sticks out to me the most wow uh nobody brought up anders lee Islanders no champion. yeah you know it's funny no <laughs> i mean he's the guy when i hear it's so this is so random when i when somebody mentions notre dame the, he's the first person i think it's kind of weird and almost, <laughs> rightfully you know. so yeah it's true um well you know so this is a weird question because i live in new jersey right so anytime i see islander stuff anywhere i'm always kind of taken aback there's a lady at the gym who I, uh, I, where I go, she's an Islanders fan. She talks to me every once in a while. There's another lady at the same gym whose son-in-law is a big Islanders fan. And uh, I'm always like, make sure he listens to my podcast. Uh, but uh, there was uh, some people around the corner who had Islanders flags out. And I was always like, man, I, I wish I could kind of go up to them. And there was two people actually around the corner for me. that. But it's like, how do, what do you walk up to somebody and knock on their door? Like it's Halloween and be like, oh, I'm looking for Islanders fans here. Like, it's just kind of a weird thing. And I just never saw them outside. So, uh, it is kind of a weird thing. I, I can't imagine. I don't remember seeing any Islander stuff out in the wild in terms of like traveling. Uh, maybe I saw somebody at Disneyland one or Disney world one time, maybe, but, uh, 
you know, you know, New Jersey is enough. It's already weird. I mean, I've seen more Islander stuff out here than devil stuff. And I'm not even joking. Like, I, I'm not even trying to take a dig at the devils. I mean that. Like, there's, aside from my brother-in-law, I have not seen too much of the devil stuff around here. Uh, Ranger stuff, uh, we don't need to talk about. But, uh, you know, spotting somebody in Krakow is is kind of crazy. Uh, I'm sure people have stories. I mean, I love watching the Isles spotting uh, stuff that they do every once in a while. Uh, so if you have any other, if you've seen Islander stuff in cool places, let us know in the comments. Let's hear it. Because uh, I guarantee you're going to have more interesting places than either Notre Dame, uh, South Bend, Indiana, or New Jersey. <laughs> it's be pretty cool. But uh, thank you, Max Mayne. Those are That was another great question for you. Okay, two more. Uh, Paul asks a, a, a perfect question. This is the absolute perfect question that we've ever, the most perfect question we've ever gotten. You can ride one Adventureland ride with any former or current Islander. Who would it be? Where would it be? And why? Uh, I'm, I'm going to throw it. Well, first of all, before I throw this to you, let me ask you this. When was the last time you were at Adventureland? Because I guarantee you it's more recent than the last time I was at Adventureland, which is like <laughs> in the early 1990s Man, or something. But That's a good question. I would s- uh, what it's 2023. Hmm. I'm 33. I would probably say I was there maybe last when I was 12. Oh, wow. Maybe, I guess. Okay. Um, this is the question I was talking about at the top, <laughs> you know, 90 minutes ago <laughs> about being a, this heavy existential question that I was, yeah. you know, talking to people about because mm. this is this is a whopper, huh? Yes, it is. I actually went to Adventureland's website to look at the what the rides they have are. And then the one I was going to pick wasn't there. And I turned out that they did commission date years ago. So that's why I've thrown it to you first, because I was hoping. I'm sure it's the, the same ride that I'm thinking of too. Like the, the one where you're just basically in a, in a high chair that's just flinging around in a circle. Um, like basically like a swing set that gets raised no, up. That's I'm thinking of was, a different one. But okay. That's, that's the, one I, I was okay. thinking of. Cause I think that one got decommissioned too. <laughs> um, they've added a lot, but they've also taken away a lot too. <laughs> yeah you know the one i'm talking about though right where you're like basically in a swing yeah that's like a carnival just, kind yeah, of thing yeah, yeah yeah um so that'd be the one right me uh current islander i think i would choose uh romanov because i just i just mm. get kick out of the guy uh, i think i I'd, I'd, I'd love to hear him he, he seems to just get it genuinely yeah. like he he seemed to to understand what it meant to be a montreal canadian and they yeah. they loved him there for that, and he I think understands the same mm. uh, here. And former Islander, I, I I went back and forth in a bunch, but I I landed on someone that would be I guess maybe obvious to people listening, but would be Wade Dublowitz. <laughs> wow! Just I I picture it as yeah. because we've we've covered this a lot that he's he hasn't come back at all, yeah. despite being a huge huge cult hero and, and a massively important islander right. to, to fans kind of of my vintage and beyond um and i like to think of it as kind of the the final scene of the movie goodwill hunting too where he comes back mm-hmm. and and i and he he gets it and he feels free and he understands yeah. he he gets his place in long island lore and the, mm-hmm. the two and i was the one who helped show him and the two of us are up there just wind blowing we're both bald so wind blowing in our scalp <laughs> having a ball and hmm. uh wow both wearing wade dublowitz jerseys <laughs> <laughs> he could show you where he signed autographs and yep. uh <laughs> yeah and uh you know taking back sunday song yeah playing as the credits roll and him and i are walking out of the park together mm. um, wow going our separate ways 
that's an absolutely beautiful story. Sunset. Yep. Out, out on Hempstead Turnpike, and you guys won. Wow, that'd be crazy. Uh, my that that's a that's a mine is not going to be as lyrical or beautiful as that story. I told um, you it was a heavy question. To me. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it definitely is. I was like, oh I God. watched myself in my own head ride this ride with a lot of former Islanders. <laughs> so funny, and those are the two you landed on. No, that's yeah. great. Um, my pick was another spinning ride, but the one that was decommissioned that I was thinking of was the Gravitron. Uh, this was kind of the big the big ride that we like to go on. And uh, if you're young, you don't remember it. It's basically like a, a human centrifuge. Like they put people in these like kind of, you know, slots. And then it, it, it's sort of shaped like a flying saucer. You, know, you get into it, you step inside, you get into your slot. And then it just spins and spins and spins and spins around. And like the gravity inside kind of crushes you. It's a little bit like a um, like the, the test they give astronauts. Or if you've ever seen the movie Spies Like Us and Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase's faces get all messed up. It, it's basically like that. Uh, this was the centerpiece ride when when I was going there, and it turns out it's been decommissioned. Uh, as far as the Islanders go, uh, the two guys that I thought of um, for completely different reasons than the guy you picked was one was Mick Vakoda, because Vakoda, as we all know, is the toughest Islander of all time, right? Like nobody nobody messed with with Mick. He was the toughest guy. You didn't want to you didn't want to step to him. He would absolutely destroy your face with his you know cement hands, and I would just love to see his reaction in this absurd, you know, contraption that just spun him around like a crazy, <laughs> like a top. And I can imagine he, you know, I would think it'd be kind of funny to see how he deals with that. The other one I thought would be Brock Nelson, because as we all know, he is cool as a cucumber at all times. And I would also love to see his reaction as well. Like I, I can imagine looking at Nelson, my face contorting into all these weird shapes and his being exactly the same way it was when we walked into the Gravitron at the same time. So um, I, th- I think those two guys, I also thought about Kyle Palmieri in the Gravitron because of what it would do to his eyebrows. I thought that would be kind of funny. Um, but <laughs> I mean, people out there might have other answers, other, other things uh, you want to get in a log flume. They don't have, I guess they don't have a log flume anymore. Maybe they do. I don't know, but that would be a funny one too. I think, you know, seeing some big dudes in a log flume would be just inherently funny. But uh, Paul, this is, this is a fantastic question. I mean, there's no, there's no wrong answers here. Like, it's just amazing. But looking at that website and being like, oh, this is not my adventure land. Like, this is very different thing. The, they used to have like the, the Grand Prix with the cars and everything. So that was cool. But uh, I can tell you one thing. After it was all done, we would hit the arcade, play some arcade games. And uh, maybe we'd do some like Double Dragon or Ninja Turtles or something for, for players. I think it'd be a lot of fun. But Paul, this is a fantastic question. Okay. <laughs> We are at the end now. Uh, thank you so much for listening. It's been a long time. <laughs> so so long that a whole question had to be cut because it's getting too long and that's going to be even longer. We want to thank you so much for listening again, for your support, for your dough. We really, really appreciate it. And uh, we'll be back next month for a preseason, immediately preseason mailbag. So uh, keep your questions Yikes. handy. For Scary that. stuff. Yes. Yes. We are getting very close to uh, the D-Day as it is. So uh, there you go. But we do have one more from our friend Nolan, who brings us some more over-unders. We love doing these. So I'm going to throw these out to you. Uh, we got a bunch here. Starting with Oliver Wallstrom. Goals next season, 16 and a half. Are you taking the over? Or do you think he's going to get under 16 goals next season? I'm taking the over. I think that yeah. uh, I, I, I'm starting to feel like i'm buying low on 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 wallstrom and i didn't mm-hmm. think i was going to be this guy before like they're in the beginning of the offseason i've kind of written him off and been like kind of grumpy about him but now that i think about it i think there's a a clear spot for him as long as he stays healthy and it's a yeah. really good spot 
mm. um, yeah. kind of as the 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 trigger man on on a first line uh, with uh, you know Barzell and, and Horvat. I, I know Lee Lee could be there or whatever, or you know it's in some combination. Like he's going to spend some time with Horvat and mm. Barzell or Nelson Palmieri. However, these things kind of shake out. Like he's in a good spot. So I think that uh, that he uh, he goes over because he plays a full season and and has has a good one. So I'm yeah. I'm gonna I'm starting to try to turn my dial to be more optimistic <laughs> about Oliver here. No, I agree with you. I would take the over as well. And um, you know the um, I think about the exit interviews from geez, like what two and a half months ago or so, and uh, they were pretty rote except for his. He seemed pretty motivated. To he was seemed pretty pissed off. First of all that. He had been on the shelf for that long and he seemed very motivated to get back to uh, on the ice and wants to show what he wants to do. So I hope that works out. And yeah, no, I, if he, man, if he gets over, you know, if he gets 18, 20 goals, I think that that's a huge positive for the Islanders. Uh, another guy who uh, might have a big season, Sebastian Ajo games played 65 and a half. Uh, are we going to see the Ajo Sans? That doesn't really work. I was going to say Renaissance, Ren, Ren Ajo Sans where uh, people finally take notice of the other Sebastian Ajo and he plays maybe a full season plus playoffs. What do you think? 65 and a half games for Sebastian Ajo over or under? I'll take the over again. Um, I, I mean, he, he, as long as he stays healthy, he should be in the lineup every night with the way he played last year. So yeah. uh, I'll, I'll, I'll remain optimistic about Sebastian and say that, yeah, uh, yeah he's, He's going to be a, a another a lineup regular again. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, okay, here's an interesting one. Should it be controversial whenever it happens? However many, however, whatever this number ends up being at the end of the season, starts made with the identity line fully intact. Forty. He's setting the over under at. So, do we think we see a half season of Sezikis, Clutterbuck, and Martin, or more than half a season? of those three guys. And like I said earlier, what, what may in fact be their last ride together. What do you see? Uh, I think it's the under. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have, I have a really hard time seeing Clutterbuck getting playing like over 40 games himself. Yeah. Um, you know, or, you know, even if he plays, let's say 50 or so, hmm. uh, then you're counting on the other two being healthy at the same time. And I think there's a, a pretty good recipe for this to be, uh, <laughs> to be an under. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a logical way to look at it. Uh, I'm going to say that if it is the over and I could see it very easily being the over, people are going to be really mad because it <laughs> means that like Hudson fashing is sitting maybe even a, you know, like an, a, you could totally see a scenario where like a, a Coolman or um, who's the guy, uh, Gautier, you know, looks good in camp. He's quick. He's maybe scores a couple of preseason goals and then he gets him down to Bridgeport. And then it's like, you know, two straight months of Clutterbuck Martin and, you know, hanging on by a thread. So uh, I could see that that happening as well, but uh, this, I really do feel like this is the end of it for those guys. And you know, if they get a half season, I think that's pretty good. But uh, also, you know, if they make the playoffs, you're going to see a lot of those guys because <laughs> that's, that's where they make their home. So hopefully if they keep them out for a few games uh, in the regular season, that means they'll be fresher for the playoffs, but it's a good question. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, we're going to skip a couple here. Number of points the third place Metro Division team finishes with. Nolan is saying 102 and a half. Boy, if that if we get another one of these situations where 
you know, you've got to set your one of your franchise records just to make the playoffs. I think we might be in trouble. But do you think the third place team in the Metro, maybe it's the Islanders, you never know, gets a hundred and two and a half points? Um, I think it'll be an under here because I don't after Car like and the Rangers were one oh seven last year, finishing third. Yeah. Um so Jeez. yeah. <laughs> but um I, I just think that the division that the devils and hurricanes I, I belong in their own little tier i think that that's fine to, mm. to, that most people are are suggesting that i, th- I agree with it I, and like you said i i think there are more questions than people want to ask about the rangers there are certainly a lot more questions than people are asking about the penguins everyone just assumes because they're the penguins and dubis is there and they got mm. carlson that they'll be good so I, I I think that's it's a legitimate three way race between Pitts like their own little mini league between the Rangers, Islanders, and Penguins. Um and I don't think any of them are particularly good bets to go over a hundred and two and a half points. So I guess <laughs> the under is the way to go here. Um but um Yeah, like you said, I just hope it's not gonna be a season like yeah. it was where you just you're you're just in a wild card race <laughs> from Thanksgiving on. Yeah, I still remember that 2014-15 season where, you know, the Caps and Rangers had two of the best seasons in franchise history and the Islanders were were in first place and it just wasn't good enough, <laughs> you know, and it was like, oh man, come on. So I hope it's just not one of those situations. Okay. Last one. And again, thank you so much everybody for your great questions. We really appreciate it. We'll be back next month with another mailbag episode years until the Islanders change their goal song. <laughs> and Nolan is saying seven. God, I hope it's the under, uh, it's please be over though. I oh just, no. You just know. Like, <laughs> if it hasn't changed yet. Yeah. That's the thing. How yeah. long has it been now? Oh God, too long. But I mean, well, it was live as live was. Er, yeah. 2012, I guess. Or 2013. Uh, no, no. 2011. No, 2012 or 11. It was 2011 because that was the fight night. Yeah. And then after and then, that, yeah, it was. So we're we're already over a decade. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, really? Yeah. So because they had that little uh, customized song for a little bit. All right. Yeah. That was before Live is Life. And then. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, please don't make it seven. Please be the under. Please be zero. <laughs> yeah. So we got a new one this year. But the hold steady. We're, we're counting on you. We need you guys, please. We're begging you. Uh, but yeah, that's it. Uh, and uh, hopefully uh, we get a new goal song soon. And uh, hopefully, uh, you know, we're uh, spot on with these predictions. And um, the Islanders are looking at a good season. Michael Leboff, any final thoughts before we uh, close this mailbag for this month? No, that just the, these questions, once again, were so much fun to answer. And uh, I always love that there's you know, it's it's a great combination of stuff that we can kind of talk about seriously or as serious as you can talk about the Islanders. And, <laughs> and then there's the, the, a batch of kind of the Islanders experience and their place in the universe. And <laughs> and then you get the the one or two just like I said, like these existential heavyweights <laughs> about adventure land and <laughs> stuff. And it just ends up sending you into a, a realm um, that that you didn't know existed. Mm. but it it was a very cozy realm i'll say that yes 
Definitely. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it's sort of like Islanders, Islanders fantasy land. It's like being in a sweat lodge and, you know, kind of having visions of the Islanders with Jim Morrison or whatever. Like it, it's that kind of thing. So yeah, no, this was a great, a great list. And we thank you so much for them. Uh, where can everybody find you uh, on Twitter? You can find me at the big Lee basket with two E's. Follow Mike at the Big Lebowski. Of course, read his work and listen to his many podcasts at the Action Network. Uh, read Lighthouse Hockey every single day for your most up-to-date Islanders news and discussion. Uh, tell everybody you can about this Patreon and this podcast, and uh, hopefully we can get some uh, some new question askers uh, in the next uh, installment, and uh, they'll be as good as these. Thank you very much for listening, and we will talk to you again very shortly. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.